It is the 28th episode of Keeping It 200, Dateline, June 19th, 2021. We are officially back. It is the 200. It is the 28th episode of Keeping It 200 today, and we're also and also this is how we're starting off the show today. It was June 30th, 2019. Kimball Walker signed a four-year, $141 million max contract at 29 years old to become the Celtics' new point guard. That same month, that same next week, July 12th, Al Hartford signed a four-year, $97 million contract with $12 million in bonuses to become a Philadelphia 76er after leaving Boston for three seasons. And Celtics fans yesterday probably turned from the BOS to the BKN because they were spreading love because it was all a dream till they woke up and actually saw that Brad Stevens' first act as a Celtics president of basketball operations was trading Kimball Walker, the 16th pick in this year's draft as well, for the 2025 um, second-round selection for Oklahoma City, Al Hartford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-rounder. And we bring in the man who has woken up reading War Up magazine, trying to listen to Salt and Pepper and Heavy Deed up into the limousine. And no, he's not Mr. Magic, Mr. Molly Ball. It's Blackheart from Off the Top Rope. Blackheart, how'd you like that entrance today? Ah, I very much appreciate that. Happy Saturday, happy Juneteenth to uh, every African American out there. It's our holiday. Well, the first actual group. Well, our first holiday. Um, kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, I was more surprised about what I woke up to yesterday morning with the whole Kimber Walker trade to OKC for Al Horford and the pick. We sent them. Um, a first round pick, and I think a 2023 or 2025 no, dra- um, draft pick, and then they give us back a draft pick as well, and, long, and they give us back an extra player. So, I know people may criticize me for that shit, but I actually like the move. I love Al Horn. Most people don't like him, but I'm like, but he was a better fit for this organization, and then he was least, and he was more reliable than Kemba was. And, uh, and uh, unfortunately, when he decided to sign with Philadelphia, I kind of got upset. You going over to the enemy lines? Uh, I don't want to turn my back like that, but I was close to. It. But I was like, well, he had his reason, and he been favored the teams long enough already that he gave these team years. So I have to respect that. Um, it's fortunate for Kemba. I feel more sorry for Kemba more than more than, more than anything else. But I told y'all this. I told y'all this already that he was going to be the first one to get traded. And I knew it. So, can't say I didn't warn y'all, but I warned y'all. 
and bringing in the third member of our commentary team tonight on Keeping It 200 live on Saturday. He is not related to Antoine Jameson, people. I don't know why somebody keeps <laughs> Oh, trust me. I, I, I pretty much always had that in my head. Like, wow, an NBA player has the same last name as I me. Know. So it's pretty much so <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well, well, Tavon Jameson, thank you for coming in on the 28th episode of Keeping It 200. Um, everyone was really happy about the – um, 200 moment of the night sponsored by Miller Lite in the um in the last episode. Everyone actually liked that. Everybody liked um what I had to say. A lot of Carolina Hurricanes fans are now coming in and now starting to listen to the podcast. You know, not live, but at least later on into the week. So I'm actually glad that that we're actually you know getting more people to actually start watching us and um what's going um but yeah but i had a question though and someone said um is tavon related to antoine jameson i said <laughs> no i said i said i said there's no way that they're even looking like i said they don't even look alike like, that's like, oh, we well, don't look a lot but yeah we do have well that's very unique that's very fucking <laughs> unique shit well um hey last night though we um also, but before we get into two games and two wrestling shows on this Saturday afternoon, we also had a lot of stuff that went on today as um, Blackheart and I have mentioned the Celtics trading Kimball Walker to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder now own five first round fucking picks and 18 first round picks for the next three seasons. That is how much Sam Presti has now became a draftaholic into getting this. And for Oklahoma City, they can actually even get another pick if the Houston Rockets don't get the fifth pick. So imagine the Oklahoma City Thunder have first 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 round picks in this year's draft. That Oklahoma City Thunder team is going to get better now. The only question will now be is – how much will youth be the big question? Because now Kimball Walker is now in a role where he can be what Chris Paul was two years ago to Oklahoma City. And I, I have to ask you this, nope. Blackheart, do you think Kimball is going to be that kind of guy? Nope, he's not going to be there for that long. Nope, he's not going to be there for that long. I won't even anticipate him to even play a whole damn season. They might actually trade him to another team for somebody else. So... Go up with that. No, Kimba. You're going to be a dreamy man this next offseason. Tavon, what was your thoughts on the Kimba trade that um, happened yesterday for the Al Hartford and Moses Brown? When I saw the tab of ESPN, I was uh, I was pretty shocked. They pretty much traded Kimba, and yeah, it looks like the Celtics, they're going to have to... They're going to pretty much... Um, we build, try to have a bright future with all of those. You're trying to find the right pieces to go around Brown and Tatum. So bringing back Horford, a veteran, nevertheless, a veteran four, that he played there, got them far into the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm expecting them to be happy with that decision more than trying to say, okay, now we can try to focus about this right now with and plus, that frees up $32 million in cash base. Mm-hmm. 
And and you also have to look at this here um, from this perspective. The Kimball Walker is going to be owed $73 million over the next two seasons. Al Horford is only guaranteed $41 million over that same time. I, I will say yesterday, though, that Boston did get better in this trade. I don't know if Al Hartford will be with this team for the whole season. I'm very skeptical about that. However, Moses Brown last year in the um, time with Oklahoma City came up from the G League on the 10-day contracts, was averaging double-doubles, even though Oklahoma City did not have a roster really capable of even going out there. But Moses Brown also showed that he could play good minutes and stuff, and the Celtics do need a big because – the future's not Tristan Thompson with that four. However, with Moses Brown now, see now I rather play Al Horford before Tristan. I mean before Tristan. Yeah, and you got Moses Brown now in case in case you don't want to. Pay mm-hmm. So people and, thinking like oh, so for the people that's thinking like oh, we're not really gonna have it for that long. I'm like yes, the fuck we are. <laughs> And, and and the flexibility will also give Boston potential capability to resign a guard, Evan Fournier, who they acquired at this trade deadline. If I have to ask you, Blackheart, do you want Evan Fournier to be back as a Boston Celtic? Because I don't personally want him being back as one. To be honest with you, no. So we do trade him. We need to get a shooter back, like a J.J. Redick or something. I, I definitely agree. Brown, by the way, in um, by the way, Brown in the Oklahoma City Thunder, eight point six points per game, eight point nine rebounds in forty three games. It also includes a twenty one point and twenty three um, twenty one and twenty three game against the Celtics on March twenty seventh that the Thunder beat the um, Celtics in. Well, um, now now Blackheart is now officially a little bit more happier. He can sleep at night because now he doesn't have to worry about Moses Brown putting up a 2020 game unless it's now in a Celtics jersey. How about this year, though? Last night, though, we had – Tell that to the fans, boys. Tell that to the fans. But, I mean, but I'm looking forward to it. So, we'll have to just wait and see. Well, last night we had two NBA games on tap. It was the Philadelphia 76ers, as I predicted. They were going to beat Atlanta. Um, I did, too. And Philadelphia won 104-99. Both teams, though, had a significant lead over one another. The Hawks were up by 12 at one point. The Sixers were up by 11. This game only featured one lead change and one tie. So, literally, when Philadelphia came back, Philadelphia held on to this game. Uh, Ben Simmons, by the way, 0 of 1 in the second half shooting. He didn't even shoot the ball but one time in the second half. He was only 2 of 4 at the free throw line, 6 points on the night. How about this here, though? Seth Curry, as ESPN um, um, showed up in the booth, Steph Curry, his brother, came to watch him, but ESPN's graphics said Seth's younger brother. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Curry. Just a disrespect, bro. Well, I, I mean, I will say this here, though. It is good to finally see Seth get some recognition. I mean, because, I mean, as an NBA player, Steph is the way better player and everything. But Seth, you know, Listen, man, but that's playoff the playoff series. Listen, man, but that's the problem, though, right there. You have an older brother that outshines you five ways, you know, five ways from Sunday, and now he's not in the playoffs, and then now you finally on a whole different team, on a whole different conference, a whole different landscape. And then, and then the teleprompter really says Steph's younger brother. Like, we better put some respect on that man's name. He's trying to have his own identity away from his brother. 
I, I agree, and, and I don't understand why they thought that was going to be cute. But so, am I seeing Lonzo Ball's name played in an says LeVar Ball's son? Probably. I wouldn't be shocked. That, that's drastic. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Seth Curry, the last night, though, he came through as he was playing his Steffertless game. 8 of 14, 24 points, 6 of 9 on um, from 3. Uh, Joel Embiid, 9 of 24, 22 points on the night. Uh, Tobias Harris came through, like I said he should have, 9 of 20 on 24 points, about 2 of 3 from 3. And how about the – but Philadelphia, though, did have a lot of struggles. Embiid, you know, in these last three games, Atlanta has found what they need to do to shut down Embiid. Embiid still was 9 of 24. He had eight turnovers on the night. So uh, both teams, though, did not shoot the ball great, both for 40% even. Philadelphia was the better three-point shooting team on 12 of 29 against the Atlanta's 10 of 31. Trey Young, 13 of 30, 5 of 10 from three, 34 points, 12 assists. Take that as you want, uh, stat heads. Uh, Clint Capella, 6 of 10, 14 points. Kevin Herter, 7 of 15, 2 of 6, 17 points. Danilo Garinari off the bench, 5 of 10, 16 points. And now it is going back to Game Seven in Philadelphia, PA. This is the last the last time that Sixers were in a Game Seven, folks. You have to go back two years ago, pre-pandemic, <laughs> when Kawhi Leonard hit the, the game winner at the end yeah, over Golden Beat and Company. So, um, I got to ask you this here, Blackheart Tavon, is it Philadelphia's time to finally see the Eastern Conference Finals, or is it another close but no cigar? Uh, this is so painful. This is such a travesty because what I'm about to say, people might think that I'm just a hater, but I am not. If Joel Embiid gets 50, if he gets 50 and that team still don't win, I'm telling you right here, right now, they better actually know there's a lot of people that's going to get kiboshed and traded the fuck away and fired. So they better win game seven in their backyard. You better have Will Smith. You better have Meek Mill. You better have every single Philadelphia celebrity and superstar at that damn game to hype up that damn crowd. Otherwise, I do not know if I can trust it. Unless the seventh wins in the pool, his big brother's kind of, you know, mama, uh, mama's type of play. And if he does that and really scores 30, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. But. I don't know. Can I really put my trust in that in the Game 7 situation with Seth? He has some playoff experience, but he hasn't gotten over to the mountaintop, so can't really say that. Ben Simmons needs to do the fuck something or otherwise. You pay all that money for this man. Now, Game 7, we need him to play the basketball of his life to get to the next round. Now we have a problem. Now we have issues. Now this uncertainty in our locker So... I gotta go with Philly on this one. It's really to say I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go with Philadelphia. Tavon, what about you? I'm picking Philadelphia on this one. It's on their home turf. Yeah, they they should win this game and make the conference finals. I, I'm gonna have to go Philadelphia as well. Even though the, even though what history is telling me about Philadelphia and this series, because the series goes so up and down, Philadelphia has a bad game and then they come out and play better. Atlanta has the bad game and they come out and play better. And I, I still got Philadelphia. I mean, last night though, I mean, 
Curry came through on the 5 of 8, 4, 6 from 3 in the second half. Embiid on 5 of 13, way better second half than he's had the last two games. Tobias Harris on 4 of 10 in the second half. You know, and Tyrese Maxey came through on the 4 of 6 from the free throws. And Philadelphia, out, and Philadelphia outscored Atlanta 57 to 48 in the second half. However, in that first half, though, Atlanta was up 51 to 47. So, you know, and, and Philadelphia did shoot the ball way better in the second half than Atlanta and held Atlanta down. And, of course, in the fourth quarter, things did get a little bit chippy with technical fouls for Embiid and John Collins because John Collins uh, was trying to step on Joel Embiid. Embiid pushed him all the way into the baseline of the fan base um, in front row and um, had him basically held up, and then Trey Young and others had to break up it, so... Um, but that was in the 403 with four in the fourth quarter, but now it's now game seven. So however about this here though, the Western conference finals has now been set. Now the LA Clippers due to Terrence man, that's right. Terrence man came out. He Why Leonard update 15 of 21, seven of 10 from three, 39 points, two steals, two rebounds, and 25 in the second half, along with 20 in that third quarter, and as he helped carry the Clippers to the first ever Western Conference Finals in franchise history, the first time that they've done that in their 50-year franchise, the Clippers have made the um, semis six times, were one of five now all time in this, and the Clippers win 131 119. Uh, to add the score um, to people, because uh, I forgot, Philadelphia won 104.99. But this Clippers game, though, Clippers shot 57% from the field. They had 23s against Utah's 21. Utah was the better shooting team, though, with the threes. However, the Clippers in the second half, 81 points against the 47 for Utah. And for people that were saying to me, and I had so many Utah fans, so I'm going to get this off my chest before I let anybody talk. Oh, to the Utah fans that thought that you were going to prove me wrong with this defensive player of the year bullshit in your analytics of the Rob Perez's of the world, I can finally say, go fuck yourself, please, because your <laughs> analytics doesn't matter. Your fucking defensive player of the year bullshit doesn't matter. Rachel Nichols and all of them should be ashamed if they voted for this son of a bitch because Rudy Gobert couldn't even stop no shooters. He had zero blocks in an elimination game. Tim Legler on ESPN at 12.30 on Scott Van Pelt went in on his ass as well for two minutes. And I'm finally glad that these Utah fans can shut up. Quinn Snyder after the game, who is a former Duke Blue Devil, and I really do shout out to the Brotherhood, but Quinn Snyder after the postgame looked like he was about to write the best Stephen King novel in history. So no, I'm not. I'm not taking this jazz team seriously. It's time for the jazz to break up. It's time for the jazz to go bye bye bye. Shout out in sync. It's time for wow. the Utah Jazz to. It's time for the Utah Jazz to start stepping. It's time for the Utah Utah Jazz to break up. Like they broke up Bobby Brown in New Edition. It's like Diane Keller. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man. You need to get the hell out of here. Bobby's name out your mouth, homie, man. Wait, hold on, man. I'm a Bostonian, so I got to stand up for Bobby on that one. Well, all I say is 
it's time for Utah to break the hell up. So, Tavon Brettcart, let's go to you guys now for your thoughts on this. Wow. I'm actually kind of shocked that you had to say the whole Bobby Brown line. That kind of <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. How Bobby Brown got anything the fuck to do with that? Damn it. <laughs> anyway, Terrence Mann surprised the fuck out of me last night with the, I mean, well, with the 39 point performance. And then you see Beverly just patting him on the back. Paul George giving him his bad team. I'm like, who the fuck is this little guy? Cripping up. And then that's the one unsung hero. You can eat unsung heroes when it comes to that team. Patrick Beverly was going to be the unsung hero. But then, nah, we didn't really get that. So we got this. And if you look at that name, who the hell did he was playing throughout the whole, um, the whole series? He was actually progressing as the series got more intense and then you see him get comfortable. And then when you see that and then Paul George still play the game. Um, he's used to playing. So, you know, 21 points every time he goes But definitely, definitely Clippers wanted, Clippers wanted more at home. Devin Mitchell retweeted his ankle, so he was basically at the I mean at the end at the end of the stretch of the game. He was already hobbling on or hobbling on one leg. But Jordan, but Jordan Clarkson, you gotta give him his roses too with that performance that I mean that he put last night. Trying to be the X Factor, the sixth piece to come off the bench to actually score. Uh, but it's all about who wanted more dick the dick he got beside, and the Clippers ended up having it. Now they got over the hump, and now they still got two more rounds to go. See how far they take you to see what the situation with Kawhi Limiter is. Supposedly now it's not torn ACL, it's just a sprain, it's just a high sprain right knee. So we don't know what that timetable is going to be at. So he's not going to be out indefinite. So he does, is he going to be back to being himself 100%? Are the team doctors going to rush him to be back on the court? We don't know that yet. So like I said. Well, I will say this here, though. Um, well, actually, Tavon, you go ahead with your thoughts. Go ahead. Terrence, man, he was pretty much on another level. Paul George, he did great. Basically, the the Clippers franchise, they all did great, man. That was a really great game, really good comeback. And, yeah, the Clippers finally make the – Conference finals for the first time. They finally did it. They really did it. I, I will say this here now. You know, now I've gotten the Utah Jazz, you know, slander out of me. I will say this here, though, that Donovan Mitchell came out and he tried to play the best game he could. He was 12 to 27, 9 of 15, 39 points, 9 assists. And literally, this is what the Jazz's team was. Offensively, it was carried around Donovan Mitchell. If it was not. The Utah Jazz were a different team. You saw that in Game and One when they played the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, Mike Conley playing last night too, but he wasn't. But he wasn't himself either. No, no, and Mike Conley, who has been out with a groin injury similar to James Harden with the hamstring, you know, Conley came out and and James Harden, remember, in Game Five, did not play a great game, but Conley came out and played less minutes than Harden on one of eight. Five points, you know. So, so Mike Conley did come out and play the best game he could. Um, Bodanovich, 14 points on 5 of 11, 4 of 8 from 3. Royce O'Neal, 8 of 12, 4 of 6 from 3 on 21 points. Um, you look at Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was just 
literally, it looked like he just downloaded a Kawhi Leonard update and just came out and played this way. I mean, this was a guy that broke up and had his own breakout game. He was on a whole nother level. Shout out ASAP for, for that line. You know, he literally was on a whole nother level. ASAP. You know, and Paul George did not have a good game at all. He did not have a good game. He was 10 of 24. He was, of course, uh, what, uh, 28 points. Um, nine rebounds, seven assists, but he did not shoot the ball well at all. Uh, but it doesn't Jackson. matter if he shot the ball well. It's the fact that he actually still contributed to that win. 28 points is still better than I mean, 28 points is still better than 15 in that case. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. But it's so just, sometimes it's, they might need to switch up to be like, yo, Paul, I don't need you to, I, I, I don't need you to be the long range shooting and shit, you know what I'm saying, try to get three. I just need you to play mid range basketball. That's it. I agree, and, but in the second half, he did shoot better. He was five of ten. He didn't take. He only took two three attempts. He had fourteen points, twelve in that um in that fourth quarter. Um, and he definitely came through for them. Reggie Jackson in the second half, nine of eleven, twenty two points, and Jackson overall in the game. Um, what did he finish with? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, 10 of 16, 27 points, 3 of 7 from 3. Um, Reggie Jackson is showing that, look here, I'm I'm not Bobby Sherman, but I can be the Bobby bitch in this series because he really Bobby was. Bobby Sherman! <laughs> and, and you look at Jackson, Jackson literally has been either the second best player or the best player for the Clippers most games in this playoffs because ever since Patrick Beverly was benched, Reggie Jackson has came out and just played the guy that needs to be playing offensively. Defensively, you can say whatever you want. But offensively, 27 points, 10 assists, that's just incredible. And and, and, and and to get back to the Utah slander for a minute, you know, Blackheart, myself, Draymond Green um, has all said that we did not believe the Utah Jazz were a serious team. Draymond Green said that the Jazz still had doubt in their voice after making it past Memphis. I said that the Jazz were not a serious team because you cannot pay a center $205 million based off analytics. If you could, then there would be a lot of people that would have made that kind of money already. You can't base that off of this. And I understand where people come from and say analytics will say that he's the best defensive player in the last five years, last ten years. That's okay and all. That's bullshit, but the, Exactly, and 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 that and this and this thing here too. That makes it where where people like myself have shitted on the NBA awards because they do not matter. You look at Gobert. Gobert had zero blocks in this elimination game. He could not stop Terrence Mann. The Jazz here needed to have a fifth shooter out there. Instead, Gobert is not getting the ball in the paint, and even then, Gobert is getting the ball in the paint five of six. He's uh, two of four at the free throw line. That's not going to win you basketball. You need a fifth shooter out there, especially if Quinn Snyder's job was just take all these threes, and we're going to pray that it goes in. And in the second half, the Jazz were a 9 of 25 from three. They didn't shoot the ball well from three in that second half. They kept chucking up threes and just hoping for miracles. Conley, one of four. Um, if it wasn't for Bodon and Donovan um, being 50% from three, it really would have been a little – it would have been even more worse to look at. But but you look at Utah, though, and, you know, now this offseason, they need to decide who they want to keep. Do they want to keep the $205 million seven-foot Frenchman, or do they want to keep Donovan Mitchell and build around him? Because now, because now this Jazz team has proven 
that they can't win with these guys. They can't. Yeah, because they're trying to recreate the the Carl Malone and John Stockton um, type of double. I mean, um, type of teammate prospect. And and I look at Quinn Snyder, and Quinn Snyder to me is not the coach for the Jazz neither. You know, he's not um, because I look at Quinn Snyder, and he's not ready for the bright lights right now. I mean, he's a very good regular season coach, and he and he's gotten this team as far as he could. But it's like the Terry Slot situation in Portland. Now it's time for Utah to maybe look at rebuilding, you know, and and trading away and getting something valuable right now instead of waiting so long down the future before it's too late. Um, and that's how I feel about the Utah situation right now because, in my opinion, I think that it's definitely time. For Utah to break this team up, I definitely do. And, you know, the same thing goes for Portland. You know, both these teams this year had to prove to me that they could be better. And Donovan Mitchell carried this Utah Jazz team as much as he could. The Jazz were up by 20 um, – what was it? Yeah, 22 points at the end of three quarters. And they blew a 22-point lead. And And for the Clippers, they wanted it more. Paul George came out. And has and Paul George now has woken up back into the Indiana Pacers self, and that is eight years exactly. away from. But I told them they needed him to do because that playoff P bullshit is not working. It wasn't. You can't. I feel like he just has identity crisis issues. So. I, I will agree. And, and finally, now it's finally now. To me now, the the Paul George, you know, this is his first conference finals since the 2013 Eastern Conference Finals where he took on a guy named LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. And we know what happened in history. So if you want to do Google, Google your searches and all that, go ahead. But Blackheart, I'm going to turn it over to you. Is Paul George going to be the guy that can get the Clippers over the hump into the finals? Nope. <laughs> no. Do I trust him that much? No. But he I mean he's a good player. Don't mean don't don't ever knock it out. But he has a component out there that can still be able to progress, and that man is Kawhi fucking Leonard. Now, as much as I hear I mean, Paul Jules can guarantee you to win you some games, but he can't win you a series. He definitely can win you a game or two, but he cannot win you four to five games if he ever would have stretched it out to six to seven games. I can't see that. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he guaranteed you two. There's going to be other people around that's going to be that X factor as well. But it, but it all really lies down to what, Ka- to what Kawhi Lillard's injury update and how that affects everything. So if Kawhi has to be the second option, maybe that might have to happen. I don't know. But do I really have confidence in Paul Joyce leading my team if he was actually the star of my own team to keep me past maybe five or six games? I would only give him two or three. Tops. That's it. Tavon, I'm going to ask you a different question. Is Terrence Mann going to be just a one-hit wonder, or is Terrence Mann actually going to actually come out now and be the guy that the Clippers now need for a second man now in this series against Phoenix. Hmm. 
I wouldn't say he's the guy just yet. He could be a good X Factor for the series for the conference finals. He could be someone that can help Paul George out when it comes to the conference finals. But for him to be the guy just yet, now nah, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say he's the guy yet, but he could be an X Factor alongside with Reggie Jack- Jackson to help him out to help part Paul George out. Well, I, I do have to now put everybody on the spot here. It's the seven-game series, Phoenix. From what reports are looking like, Chris Paul will still be out for game one. Um, no! unless, unless everything changes, unless something changes overnight. Because um, I haven't heard anything from Adrian Wojnarowski or Shams. Um, but I will ask you this here. Phoenix, Clippers, who's taking it in the seven games Western Conference? I'm taking the world resting team. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns to hit game one to set the tone. And even though Chris Paul ain't here, we still got Devin fucking Hooker. We still got Deontay Aiden. We, we, uh, we still got, um, damn it, uh, I don't know what his last name is. Uh, yeah, but they, but they just got, but they got, but they got more rest than what the Clippers had just went through. So I hardly got that. Tavon, what about you in the seven games? Yeah, I got the Suns. You still got Devin Booker. You still got DeAndre Ng. You still got Kelly Oubre. You still got... um, Yeah, you basically got all all the rest. So, yeah. I'm actually going to say this goes to seven games. And I say that... Phoenix does beat the Clippers in seven. I'm going to say Phoenix in seven over the Clippers. Uh, because because every time I say that we're in this zone, because I got this feeling the Clippers are going to go down 0-2 again, and Tyron Lue is going to coach this team, and for some reason this team will come out in games three and four and play like the Clippers that they were supposed to play like in the first two games. So I, I will say, though, for the Clippers, they, they, they literally might have a four-league clover in Tyron Lue because they were down 0-2 to Dallas. Nearly went down 0-3, and they came back and beat Dallas. I mean, they shouldn't have. They were down 0-2 in Utah. They didn't look like they had a lot of hope coming in, you know, after being down 0-2, and they do it again. Give them credit. They won four straight after coming back down 0-2. Maybe the Clippers are a thing when they come down 0-2. Maybe maybe, maybe Tyron Lue is a guy that knows his X's and O's, but I, I, I still won't say that, though, yet because – I mean, he still has a long way to go as far as the coaching strategy goes because because I got this feeling Devin Booker is going to go off and have 30 or 40 a game because look at Luka in the first series and look at Donovan Mitchell the next series. Both Mitchell and Luka still held very good numbers individually um, and, and carried their teams offensively. So I, I, if Chris Paul is not, you know – is rusted or doesn't have the shots that he had in the second series, then Devin Booker will definitely be able to come out and have those games because Tyron Lue's coaching system will be to let Booker get those shots and let everybody else beat us. So, but I do say Phoenix does have the more weapon artillery as far as having Aiton and, you know, what if Marcus, uh, Marcus Moore senior does not shoot the ball well, 
because that has been that has been an issue for this series. You know, he didn't click till game three and game four in Dallas, and then he struggled his first two games in the Utah series. Reggie Jackson, he's definitely going to be the offensive guy that you know outside of Paul George as far as the second man. But if Terrence Mann can come out and be this second best. Clippers player are tied for or the third best Clippers player, then the Clippers still have a lot of hope in that team. How about this year, though? For the 2021 All-NBA rookie teams, we have LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton um, make first team. First team was LaMelo Ball, Sadiq Bay of the Detroit Pistons, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Tyrese Halliburton from Sacramento, and Jajan Tate of the Houston Rockets. I uh, wanted to ask you guys, what was your thoughts on, you know, this what, – what was your thoughts on the all-rookie first team? Uh, wasn't really too surprised. Not really too surprised. Like, I was more like, oh, I'm expecting, you know, certain things, something like that. But, you know, I mean, congrats, I mean, congrats, congrats to the kids. I will say, though, the only one that shocked me was Ja'Shawn Tate because I would have put uh, Patrick Williams or Isaiah Stewart. I actually would put Isaiah Stewart because Isaiah Stewart actually had a very quiet year in Detroit as like the um, as the center slash four in Detroit. Um, the rest, though, I actually agree with the first four, but Ja'Shawn Tate made no sense. I was just like, that is the weirdest. That was the weirdest one. I, I get why they did it. He averaged 11.3 points per game and 5.3 rebounds with the Rockets, you know. But last year, you know, technically speaking, he's not technically a rookie, you know, I, I guess, because he was playing for the Sydney Kings in the Australian National Basketball League. So, I mean, um, all-rookie second team belonged to Desmond Bay, Isaiah Acora, Emmanuel Quickly of the Knicks, Isaiah Stewart, and Patrick Williams. Um, what was your guys' thoughts on this um, all-rookie second team? Same stance as I had for my first. Uh, Tavon, what was your thoughts on the All Rookie Second Team? Mm, it, it's solid. I don't necessarily know those rookies, but from what I'm understanding, it's it's pretty solid. And we're bringing in Trey now, Blackheart's cousin Trey. Um, what was your thoughts on the All Rookie um, First and Second Team? I, I know that you've been um, in the room for the last two three minutes. I thought both the first and second teams were solid. Um, yeah. You know, all those guys deserve to make the team. I will say my second team had Cole Anthony in this. Um, I put James Wiseman there. So I would have taken out um, – I would have honestly taken out um, quickly and put um, Cole Anthony there. And then for um, – and then I guess I would have taken out um, Stewart because remember I had Stewart as first team, so so I would have put Wiseman there. But but I actually didn't mind this. I mean, Desmond Bain actually came on more in the playoffs, you know. Um, but a lot of these guys on the second team, no one really knew or really saw them play that much. Isaiah Core, I did see play enough and quickly as well, but quickly to me you know, did shine more in the second half of the rookie season, not his first half. Isaiah Stewart was very, very quiet. And Patrick Williams, give credit to him. Patrick Williams, you know, had a 
a very solid season for the Bulls, and he didn't really get a lot of credit, though, because, you know, the Bulls, after the second half of the season, were more of trying to make the playoffs, and they're not trying. They were they were more of – Billy Donovan went from develop it to trying to hot shot this team and make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah. Um, for the NBA news, though, um, so, yeah. But um, also, Trey, I wanted to ask you this here. The Clippers, Terrence Mann, he went off last night. He had 39 uh, 20 in that third quarter. What was your thoughts on this, um, the Clippers making it to their first um, conference finals in the 50-year franchise? It's about damn time. I mean, <laughs> it's been it's been a long time. And the only thing I can think of is that Chris Paul, who was part of all those Clippers teams that never got there, um, you know, he's going to be going up against his former Clipper team. Uh, as a Phoenix Sun. So, you know, him and Devin Booker, that's going to be a good matchup against Paul George uh, and the rest of the crew. I'm not sure if Kawhi's coming back, but a win. I, I do have to ask you this here, Trey. Is Terrence Mann going to be like the designer Panda and we don't hear another word about him having a 30-piece game? Or is Terrence Mann actually going to be a guy that now – shines through and can actually be this guy that can be the second best score for the Clippers in this series against Phoenix. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't think he can do it consistently. Like he's not going to go off at 39 again. You might have double digit points, but to say that he's going to get anything close to that would be, would be crazy. Um, he had a really good game shows what he's capable of. Um, Got to celebrate after. Um, but as far as who needs to step it up, it's got to be Paul George is the first option. You've got Marcus Morris. Reggie Jackson stepped it up. Yes, um, definitely. Terrence Mann. You, they've got – they still got some pieces. So other guys just have to step up. Uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, it's going to a game seven now. Um, I've been wanting to ask you this here, Trey. You know, it seems like every time we review the Sixers-Hawks on keeping it 200, it's the Sixers have a bad game, and then the Hawks come out and have this better one. And then when the Hawks don't have this game, the Sixers come out and play like the team that they need to be playing like. Game 7, who is walking out and going to the Eastern Conference Finals? Is Trey Young in his um, Allen Iverson mode, or is this now the Sixers – finally going to make the Eastern Conference Finals after the trust the process years, the Sam Hinkie years, the the Elton Brand, Brett Brown bullshit. Is this finally the team now? I hope not to be honest. Like I want them to go home so bad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Philly's a bunch of frauds. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I want them I want them to go home and for that reason they probably will win game seven. I feel like people were like you know, saying Doc Rivers should potentially get fired. I don't really think so. But I do think that he made minor adjustments towards the end of the game and how they were guarding Trey Young. So, well, you know, I've been sure. one, well, I've been wanting to ask you, if, if this game is close down to the end, which it probably will be, does Doc Rivers need to sit Ben Simmons on the bench and put in Tyrese Maxey? Hey, I don't see why not. I mean... Okay. What else has Ben given you? Maxie's inconsistent, but he can get you a bucket, unlike True. Ben and, Simmons. 
and he was 4-6 at the free throw line in that second half versus Atlanta. Um, I, I wanted to ask you this here as another question here. This is the last one. I'm sorry. I'm just throwing your, <laughs> I'm just throwing you all on the spot. But Rudy Gobert was named the defensive player of the year. He comes out. His plus minus is a minus 24 or 25. Um, he has zero blocks in this elimination game. I buried the shit out of him on this podcast. podcast. Um, Tim Legler buried the shit out of him at 12:45 on Sports Center last night. What is your thoughts on writers, you know, having this Defensive Player of the Year vote and people saying, "Well, look at the analytics and they'll tell you this here." What is your thoughts when, when you think of Rudy Gobert and is he worth 205 million dollars to keep around, around and build it. around a franchise with? Yeah, that's an easy one. He's not. He's not worth that money. You know, the Jazz had to pay him that money to keep him around, but he's not worth that money to any team around the league. And, you know, maybe some team will trade for him, though. You know, there's plenty of teams around the league. Maybe not like a, a team that's not contending might decide to trade for him at some point. Like maybe a team like Charlotte will try to trade for him. I don't necessarily consider them a contender. Um, I know they're fighting for playoffs. Uh, they will be fighting for the playoffs. They'll be a playoff team next year. Uh, but I wouldn't consider them like like a top contender. But they could go after like Rudy Gobert. Plenty of teams can go after him if they if they can match the the contracts. Uh, what about the Jazz? What about, the Jazz got to make a change. What about Quinn Snyder? Do you think that they need to make a change now at head coaching? I mean, they probably could. Right now would be the time. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, now's the time because you see how many coaching vacancies there are, and how many coaches are available. If you want to make a coaching change, now's the time. Exactly, a lot of good coaching candidates available on the board because no one's not signed any job um, papers yet. It's Mike D'Antoni, Rick Carlisle, um, Nate Bjorken. Um, if you want development, uh, Terry Slots, uh, Kenny Atkinson, Chauncey Billups, Sam Cassell. It's still a, a very, very, um, very intriguing list. Even Jason Kidd is still not out of the running. He's just been out of the running for just the Portland job because he said he didn't want that. But there's still a lot of good coaching vacancies. Uh, tonight, though, it is Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semis between the M- Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Chris Middleton, when he's at home, he plays the best Chris Middleton games possible. And then he's on the road. That's doubtful. Here's how the um, storylines has progressed here, and we're going to give you the quick synopsis of what happens whenever they come to Brooklyn. Um, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Shout out to the Notorious B.I.G., um, Brooklyn in the first game lost James Harden 46 seconds into game one and still won with Kyrie and De- Kevin Durant game two in Brooklyn. Brooklyn was up by 49 at one point. We go back to game five. Brooklyn was down 17 in that first half and came back with Jeff Green, seven of eight on 27 Kevin Durant having his six God mode, his his whatever you want to call it. He had the game of the lifetime in 48 minutes on 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. So we're starting with Tavon, Blackheart, and then Trey. Tavon, it is the Brooklyn Nets. They're minus two as the favorite at home. Money lines a minus 130, which means that if you bet $100, you're going to bring out a $177 payout. Bucks are a plus two on the road and a plus 108 money line if you're feeling really confident. 
So I got to put you on the spot. Brooklyn, are they going to the Eastern Conference Finals um, with a minus two-point spread, or is it Milwaukee's time to come back to the um, Eastern Conference Finals? Hmm. It's a close series so far. Yeah, I'm going to have to say Nets. Nets, all right. And I don't know what your theory was about to be about. Yeah, but I was going to say, if you can't doubt the Nets back in Game 7 at home court, just forget it, man. KD is going to be there and become an easy-ass sniper. And I wouldn't be surprised if James Harden come back to beat himself to score. <laughs> so we're going to go with Brooklyn tonight. Brooklyn is going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is, this is their destiny right now. Nah, fuck, fuck all of that. I'm going with Bucks and seven. I'm going with Bucks and seven. I don't like the Nets, uh, and they'll probably win just because. But fuck. Wow, I, I'm gonna say the Brooklyn Nets minus two, right on the dot. It, I remember, a hundred dollar bet on a minus one thirteen Brooklyn Nets minus two gives you a one hundred and eighty nine dollar payout. So that's eighty nine dollars that you can bring to the bank. Um, how about this here though? We're gonna go into some player props here for points. Um, how about this here? We've never done this here before, but this is a game seven, and this is gonna be the last time these two face each other anyway. Who's the first player that's actually gonna score the field? goal um, of this game um, for Game 7 tonight. Who's going to be the first? Yeah, the first. Mm, good question. I'll go with Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo, he's a plus 430, so if Antetokounmpo makes that and Blackheart is right about that, then that means Blackheart would have won $530 as a payout. Fuck! <laughs> What about you? It could be something random. It could be like Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez? If Trey gets that shit right, then oh my god, we got then you definitely gonna have to come on tomorrow night for the um hell to sell post show because because I'm gonna have to give you your flowers on that. I'm gonna be like, how the hell, right. did, how the hell did he pick that right? random ass person and get that was the one that actually scored? <laughs> uh Tavon, what about you? First player to score. I might just have to say KD. KD, that's Fair. plus four ten, so that would get so that give you a five hundred and ten dollar payout. I'm gonna go the plus eight fifty route. I'm saying James Harden hits a three right out the gate. I say James Harden's doing it. I say Harden's hitting a three. Um, points tonight though. Um, let's see. Giannis is he is over thirty three and a half, which means thirty four points or under thirty four points. I'm gonna ask you guys here on the spot. Tavon, you go first. For what? Um, over 34 points or under 34 points? Hmm. Over. Over? Okay. Blackheart? Uh, who are we talking? Uh, over 34 points for Giannis or under 34 points for Giannis? Mm. I'll go over. Over? All right. Uh, Trey, what about you? I think I'd say, I think I'd have to say over. He should, yeah. he should be getting like forty points tonight. 
I agree because Blake Griffin does not do good guarding him. He really doesn't. Um, James Harden. Blake he, Griffin. He, Blake Griffin's guarding of uh, Antetokounmpo was trash. We've seen. Oh, we've been seeing it the entire series. I mean, no question. Um, James Harden, though, he had five points in Game Five. He had sixteen in um, Game Six. The overs on those were um, at. For 17, I know it was at 17 last game for Harden. He had 16 last game. So it's over 19 points for Harden tonight or under 19 points um, for Harden tonight. Trey, we're going to go back to you real quick. Oh, that's going to be a that's going to be an over. Okay. Uh, Blackheart? Over. He's going to go back to his old self. Tavon? Over. Yep. I agree, too. Um, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Harden had the 30 and 10 game tonight. <laughs> Um, how about this here, though, for a quick um, making some money? Byron Forbes, he just needs six points. Uh, here's what a $100 payout would get you if he just gets six points. $96 on a $100 bet. Can Byron Forbes get six points for, for the bettors that really just need some money? So pretty much to me, so pretty much to me, this means that you're going to be betting, what, $46? Say we, so are you going to spend your $46 that you won the other night and you're going to bet on this game? Uh, I, I'm probably going to go one other person, but I haven't mentioned him yet. But I do say Byron Forbes does get six points. I definitely got that feeling he'll get six points. But he's not my my clear-cut bet that I'm doing with um but but hey, minus one hundred five, he gets. He, I mean, a hundred dollar bet, you could win ninety six bucks back. So I say, why not on that? You know, um, Tavon, what about you? Do you think he's getting six points? Who's getting six points? Byron Forbes. Byron Forbes. Byron. Trey, what about you? Yeah, I think I think Brent Forbes will score at least six points. He's gonna have probably two threes at least. Well, I've got mine here now. It's PJ Tucker. He just needs five points. One hundred dollars I'm betting on because if PJ Tucker gets five whole points, you win ninety-four dollars on the payout. That's a hundred and ninety-four dollars you take home. So I've got PJ Tucker getting five points. Blackheart Tavon. I know PJ Tucker's not been the score in this series at all, and he can't stop Kevin Durant at times. Can he get five points? Can he get just five whole points for me? Yeah, he actually get. Five. I mean, no, I mean, look, we know that he can get five points, but damn! But in this case, I just felt like in this series, they're just telling him, like, "Yo, we don't need you to score. We just need you to play defense." So I'm just like, they're doing him like they do the Dennis Rodman in the '90s. So I don't know, but I'm gonna go with. I'm I'm gonna go with maybe six points, okay? I'll I'll go over five. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, David! Like, oh, like he gotta be able to make at least some free throws. Exactly, he's gotta go to the free throw line at least like three times. If he does it three right, times, like, then he's already like, a double. Um, he's no uh, Kwame, uh, he's no Kwame Brown, okay? No, no, but 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 if he can't even get five points tonight, then, then we might need to start calling. No, I don't want the smoke. I don't want the smoke, Kwame Brown. We don't we don't want the smoke. I'm just saying. In this case, in Game Seven, and PJ Tucker, as much as we see him score before, we haven't seen that in this series. So I'm expecting him to try to at least get six points. 
Wait, wait, wait. You haven't even seen the video that's came out about Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown said that he was going to start an all-smoke tour where he would be pop-locking and dropping and Nelly would be singing. Oh, no. I know. Look, look here, if that happens... Look, too? Well, no, I don't have a problem with Nelly, but this is my thing no, here, he... though. I don't listen to Nelly music. The last time I listened to Nelly music, I was in middle school. I wasn't even Jeez. in high school when I stopped listening. I didn't even listen to that nigga in high school. <laughs> like, I, I get Nelly's a cool guy and shit, but but he's also known for, like, playing. I think Nelly does more country music now, if I'm not mistaken. I really do, because he does because he works with Florida Georgia Line, and he's very good friends with a lot of those guys. But but Nelly ain't someone I've ever wanted to listen to, ever. I've never once gotten into a song with a woman that I love and say, hey, play that um. Nelly song play it's getting hot in here like if I did that hey man right right hold on hey man hey man that was you had to all be there that was all school summer vibes and shit like that so you can't be saying that shit because of your generation is farther from our generation here and as I said to you before in the OTR chat majority of us in that group are probably older than you that we have so what was it that you may think that oh wait you guys are just only listening to the later version of uh, of that person so if you were listening to the earlier version you would be like yo what the fuck's all happening this just like how we feel about the mumble rap nowadays what the fuck well, you think well, well Blackheart Blackheart I will say if I ever got into a car with a woman who wanted to play a Nelly song I would play the one dilemma with Kelly Rowland in it there's other ones out there too. Classic. Yeah, I, 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 I play, people I Look here, look here. To my future yeah. wife that's listening, because I know she is listening, and it's not Cat Dinning sings, but if Cat Dinning sings is listened to and, and mistakes this podcast for like a Disney story time or some shit, thank you. But listen here, to my future wife, I ain't playing no fucking Nelly in no fucking car. The only Nelly song that you'll hear is probably Dilemma featuring the one with Kelly Rowland. I ain't playing no damn Nelly. I'm sorry. I don't because because my future wife is going to be a white woman anyway. I already know that, and I'm pretty sure like ninety percent sure she's going to be country because I live in North Carolina. So no, I'm not. So no, we ain't playing no Nelly in the car, and we damn sure ain't playing no Nas because I agree with Lonzo Ball. Nas is trash. No, he is trash. I hope he mean little Nas. No, I think Nas does. Man, you are seriously young. You are so young right now. That's just the most disrespectful thing to me as a oh, as a person God. who grew up in the 90s hip-hop that Nas was one of those people that I gravitated to because my older cousin had put me on to him when I was seven to eight years old and shit. So when people don't know about that shit, man, when they hear this, man, you want to have some hate mail. I wouldn't be shocked if the hate mail came from you neither. Because let's be Dude, no, let's be, you let's, let's, my hate mail, you, let's, no 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 wait. You can my hate mail from you right now oh, in Greece. Oh, so here's why I'm saying to you, so if I'm feeling some type of way, I'm pretty sure others will feel. I will say this here though. You can criticize me all you want, but I do but I do listen to the Tupacs, I listen to the notorious BIGs. I'm a '90s kid too. I was born in 1996. I was okay, but you, but you were born when Tupac fled down to Cuba, nonetheless, and then you only had six to eight months when Biggie got murked. Next, then you had Jay Z and Nas during the whole Battle of New York phase well, from '98 to 2002. Yeah, '96 well, uh, is '96 is valid, but you still. 
Right. You are tripping. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, I hate to say this. You would have a but LL, but, but, LL, but LL Cool J too is trash as well. I'm sorry, LL Cool J. I don't listen to his fucking music neither. Yeah, uh, that's the difference. Okay. But he, okay. but he okay. still Thank had bars you. though. But listen, he still okay. had bars though too. He came at the cannabis. He came at the iced tea. He came, you know, he came at the DMX at one period of time. So just, you know, so just cause party people and shit like that, you know, saying this is why you have people like him, um, and several other people like J Cole who can make certain other music, but yet when it's time for you to get down and dirty and shit, they're gonna give you some bars. See, I'm just so saying the great. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and piss you and Trey off because I know because because it's funny to me right now. But the best it's rapper of all time is J Cole. The second best rapper of all time is Drake. Ew, Drake should be fourth for anybody that before I this make before my man Kendrick Lamar first and foremost. You better put some respect on his name. Okay, okay, but this is different though. I can actually defend this. I can no, actually this, defend this. There is no fucking difference. He was away for a fucking year and then this he came up with another album. You're not gonna be able to give albums back to back to back to back. You gotta be able to let the shit breathe. I I I'm and then of course that's how the public I mean that depends on how the public looks at your um um looks at the album. So for instance, Kendrick Lamar's How the Paper Butterfly and damn, those two are still being sold, still being bought, and still being listened to. So you know Kendrick can mm-hmm. give you a whole new album right now, so many people still doing that right now. Now, okay, now, okay. now compared to Drake, Drake I compare to a prostitute. People wanted him, got him, used him, and then they want more. I'm I'm gonna let that one slide. Okay. All right, but this is but this is my thing though. This is my thing though. Kendrick Lamar has not came out with an album in now four years. To me, and this is my opinion only, so let me get my opinion out of the way. Kendrick Lamar and Byron Tilson are the two motherfuckers that I always think of that have good music. That they do have good music because 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 I do because I do listen to a lot of Byron Tilson's music and he's got really good music. But this is my thing here too. They think that they can come out with a new fucking album every fucking couple of years, every five, six years. Oh, I can take five years off because because I'm this and I'm that. Like Kendrick Lamar. Same thing for Drake no, too. No, Drake, no, 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 no. Drake, Drake is way better than Kendrick Lamar times ten. Oh. Cole is way better than Kendrick Lamar times fifty. Oh. And also, and 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 also and also too and also too. Tory Lanez has surpassed Byron Tilson so much that Byron Tilson is never going to get on Tory Lanez. Who the hell is Byron Tilson? See these new artists, I don't fucking know. See, but, I'm an old fashioned guy. All I say, so it's me. Great music doesn't speak to my soul. It, it only speaks to the new millennium kids like you, right? Uh, well, well, I'm pretty not, sure of that. So when we Kendrick Lamar speaks to me because he's speaking from an old school perspective. But that's not the reason why I'm saying that. I, I will give credit. I will cre- give credit to Kendrick Lamar. All right. Every one of his songs right. made, I, I believe they were like what? On the I don't believe Drake. Whatever. I don't believe Drake ever made no conscious music like Kendrick and J Cole did. That he speaks about the public. I, 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 I don't know. So. I, 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 I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you should know because if you actually want to listen to all of Drake's music, what the hell did he ever talk about black people and any other type of nature? Nothing. Oh, okay, okay, Nothing. okay, but okay, but listen to this here though. I didn't discover Drake from music. 
I discovered Drake because I watched Degrassi with my own. <laughs> I watched Degrassi, dude. I watched Degrassi before I even knew what the fuck Drake was doing as a as a singer. Because literally, I watched Degrassi literally every Friday night whenever it came on. I knew him as all. That was teenage games. I did not know. That was teenage games. Exactly, and I did not know him till he came out with um because he didn't come out to like a song to like after like thank me later like 2010 it was like um best i ever had and yep. i remember like seeing this music video like on youtube and like a lot of girls at my school were like talking about him and shit like like to me when i was a kid in school the most annoying rapper of all time in school was chris brown because i always got sick of girls saying oh well chris brown's so fine and all this like oh chris brown can do the pop lock and drop like like first like first like, first off if you thought chris brown was the greatest rapper in school trust me you're single you're pregnant and you already got three kids and three baby daddies and you're about to be on the street with your fucking fucked up mortgage so fuck you for never giving me a fucking opportunity because i don't do chris brown dances and i wasn't hanging out with the cheetah girls and shit on disney so fuck you bitches <laughs> <laughs> back to my point of hand. Back to my point of hand. Like, I didn't know about Drake and shit till like, like I saw this music video and girls were talking about him and shit. And I was I was and then and then I was like, oh, this is Drake. I said, this is the nigga I already know from Degrassi. Even the white dude shot his ass and paralyzed his ass. I said, I've been knew who this nigga was. Like, so when I listened to him, I already knew who the fuck that nigga was. You know, and I didn't even start listening to Drake till after he did the feature with Kanye West when Kanye West produced that music video Find Your Love. I wasn't even a fan of Drake till after the music of Find Your Love came out. So I wasn't so it wasn't like I was a big fan of Drake already on the music scene. But I did become one after and then Take Care twenty eleven. We all know it should have been the album of the year, it should have been the Grammy of the Year, but instead it was given to Macklemore because he knows Michael Jordan and owns over thirty thousand pairs of Jordan sneakers. So we all know that. We all know Take Care twenty eleven is the greatest Drake album that he's ever made. And we all know nothing was the same. The deluxe is the second greatest album that was ever made by Drake because we know that because because I mean come on hold on we're going home from ten, um, from time that made Janae Iko famous. Um, what else? Uh, Paris uh, Pound Cake Paris um, Paris Motion Music Two featuring Jay Z. That's track thirteen. Come through all me with two chains and Big Sean. Big Sean even um had one of the um, memorable lines saying saying uh, my new girl's on Glee and shit. He said I got ninety nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. He said I got ninety nine problems, but getting rich ain't one. He said he got trust issues. He said he was the type of nigga to still wear a bulletproof condom and still got to pull out. So that shit fire as fuck to me. And then don't forget started from the bottom. Now we hear Wu Tang forever. Yep. Own It, Worst Behavior, Tuscan Leather. He shouted out Derrick Rose in Tuscan Leather on the first track on six minutes in it. So so, so let's not be, like, doing all this, like, oh, you young generations don't understand us. Y'all, like, I, I get y'all. I get y'all. Just like, y'all you know, just like I you don't get y'all niggas. Just agree to disagree. Because if you say that Jay is before these other two, I'm saying these other two before him, that's where we gotta just end the line, agree to disagree, move on forward. Keep you know it what, you know, I would have kept it 300. Oh, I would have been, oh, I would have revealed some dark shit about your mans, but I don't wanna do that today. I'm only got to be waiting to go into a baby shower, so I'm trying to stay on my edge for the next show. Uh, all I know is, I'm a gig in the south. This is why, this is why keeping it 200 
is the premiere show. We're the new kids on the block. And no, we're not talking about that 80s bullshit of new kids on the block that my mama and shit be listening to. We talking about the, we talking about we're the new kids on the block because because we bringing in the smoke. We want the smoke. And and and, 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 tr- and trust me, I'm telling you, we gonna have a hip hop episode where where I where I'm gonna break down why Drake and J Cole are the greatest to ever do it. Why Jodeci Freestyle is one of the greatest singles to ever come out. And then Blackheart is going to say to me at the end of that hip-hop episode, you know what, Mr. Zax1, you were right. I apologize. You no. were right. Jodeci Freestyle no. was the best. I'd rather die on my deathbed than have to do that, that because I would give ultimate both about why in the hell that lyricism fucking matters. So this is why people like Kendrick Lamar and, um, fuck it, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Lucas, whatever the fuck his name is, and so many other and so many other artists out there deserve their recognition too. I will never listen and, to a Joy and not the same, and not the whole catchy, uh, same, and I think not the whole catchy boom bass all type of bullshit that we all listen to. And every majority song that's ever played on the radio or on someone else's fucking playlist. I will say but third on my real rap, real rap. All right, third on my all time rap list is definitely DMX. Fourth is Tupac. Fifth is Chris Brown. Honorable mention Biggie. You are definitely tripping on that one. Okay, okay, I'm tripping. I, I, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. But I, Biggie know, I, know, I, know, I know. I know musical generation, but I see it. Trust me. Trust me. No, 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 but Biggie, but Biggie, Biggie as an honorable mention. Yeah, he's not. He didn't make my top five, but he's like sixth or seventh. <laughs> Yeah, we need to have a whole episode about this. I will I will say this here. The day I cause the day we do this hip hop episode, I'm busting all y'all asses. I'm, I'm a, Oh, I'm, believe we, me we in that. Oh, 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 oh believe me, I'm coming for that ass too. You think that this is really gonna be your way or the highway type shit? I don't fucking think so. You don't know me. You don't know me like that. I love drama like this. <laughs> Yeah, you can ask my cousin. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. All I know is that man, we do this hip hop. You want the smoke? I'll be like the three problems, my nigga. We will bring the smoke. And no, I ain't talking about that weak ass trash pack that you got out there in North Carolina either. Ha! <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I had some of y'all smoke down there, and believe me, it's not that good. Oh, yo! So you really oh, want the smoke? We God, got the smoke up here, and yo, we got the smoke up here in the beat. So if you want to, you get some of that grease pack up here. You heard? All I know is, and I will say this here about J Cole, and uh, and I'm not mentioning him as far as list. I'm just talking about in North Carolina. In North Carolina, J Cole is not considered the best. He's just not. He's not considered top five at all. He's literally, then you talk about J. Cole, the only people that listen to him is the off season, like because everyone because that just came out and twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive are the two biggest ones that always are mentioned by J. Cole in North Carolina. But if you well, talk to a lot of people, it's not about albums, it's all about the mixtapes too. Thank you very much. But I, but but I will say this here. No, I will say this here because in North Carolina, literally, I know family friends of mine that don't even listen to J. Cole like that. But they do know 2014 Forest Hills Drive. They do know that. 
And, of course. There, and there is and, and and the thing is and the thing is I've always felt like North Carolina disrespects J. Cole too much. I think J. Cole is the greatest North Carolina rapper to ever come, and he is, because you look at the history, the best the because second best the one that we've he ever doesn't had. talk the way that normal people I mean how majority of other other artists talk. That's the reason why. That's me the main fucking reason why. That's like for people that want to say the new drill music that I mean, out there in New York. Chef G, twenty two G's. Um Fetty of um Fetty or Fetty Luciano um what's his fucking face uh Fabio Foreign whatever the fuck the motherfuckers are that they that this is supposed to be the landmark of what New York what well, what you what New York music is supposed to be. Meanwhile, there's other artists out there in New York like Flapper Zombies uh Underachievers and shit like that that are better than them and they don't get the fucking recognition. Why? Because they don't talk about the shit that they talk about. That's why. I I, I will say this here when it comes to North Carolina, though, we don't have a great history of rappers. We just don't. The second best one is Petey Pablo. If we're really being honest about North Carolina, it really is. No, he's from North Carolina. He said Petey Pablo. Bro, freak league. It was like the only one song that you can remember by the guy. But, but this but this thing, though, too, we do got DaBaby. He's from North Carolina. Jonathan Kirk, you know. I will say to me, to me, DaBaby does have some songs that are fire. And then there are some songs that are trash, but but I don't shit on DaBaby because he's from North Carolina, and I gotta still rep my 704 brother. I gotta still rep him, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm if trust me, I tell you, if you people want me to shit on DaBaby or J Cole or any advice from North Carolina that's a rapper, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna do that because this is not the show for that. I've re- yeah, how about I this? Shit on Charlemagne, then how about that? Shit on Charlemagne because he isn't a North Carolina native. I, I I I will say I will say this here though you know and you know but to me J Cole though he gets more love in New York than anybody else and he's not from New York but he went to St John's University of course Hollis campus is where you know he became he went from the therapist to the come up the man that waited outside for Jay Z when it was like raining and like of course um because J Cole made like a freestyle off the American Gangster beat. And Jay-Z was like, man, I don't want that. And then and then J. Cole, you know, then got, you know, was able to finally get one song that Jay-Z's manager listened to and then Jay-Z loved. And then, of course, J. Cole, of course, came up on A Star Is Born on the Jay-Z album. And J. Cole, you know, had the best 30 seconds he could in that. And 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 people don't like appreciate the older J. Cole music. Like, like everyone, like Nas said, like, Oh, workout was you know just some radio hit. He wasn't even trying to really make that hit. You know, to me, when Nas was insulting J Cole, that's when I stopped being a fan of that motherfucker because that motherfucker ain't got no right to be insulting J Cole saying well workout wasn't good. You know, fuck Nas for that comment. I'm saying that fuck Nas for that comment because workout is a great song, man. That shit is fire as fuck, man. And who that? That shit is fire as fuck too. And who that wasn't even ninety. And, and who that? I finished. Like, it was like ninety third on the Billboard charts. It didn't even even crack a top twenty five. But those are fire songs because niggas were not in the trenches. I'm fucking with J Cole like that. But you know who was? I was. I was fucking with my mans. Man, my mans didn't even have it yet like that. My mans wasn't. My mans didn't even get famous till after the Dollar and a Dream tour. Then he sold tickets. 
for a dollar because he was paying back love to his fans. And don't forget, I went to the Fayetteville, North Carolina show that he made that he um put as a whole album that year in like 2015 where he did all of the songs and don't forget j cole now revenge of the dreamers this man's got his own dreamville company and shit this man is bringing in the best of the best now j cole getting ready to take over the world man and he's and i'm telling you he's the best of all time and i'm gonna give him his best of all time because I, that's that's just how i feel and I, I'm, I'm i'm sorry i went into this ramp about hip-hop but at the same time though i mean ever like i hear niggas say well I don't know why y'all niggas always hate on Nas. Nas ain't shit to me. Nas got one, no, two good songs. Two good songs, I will mention. Of course, You Can Hate Me Now, which featured Diddy. And then, um, nope. if Heaven you Was a Mile more, Away. You can trying hard enough. Movie, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you slide because I can give you three <laughs> albums. Nigga, I can give you three albums and a few good mixtapes that you are probably way over fucking looking. But keep going. All right. But that, but that's all that I've got to say to my mother. Like I said, to my mother, Pam to this show later, and you and you hear this bullshit. Just agree with your son. Just agree. Just agree with your son. Don't agree with that bullshit that Blackheart and them are saying. Pam, agree with me. Agree with your baby bullshit. That's all I've got. If you are younger than eighteen, you should be following this guy. I mean, this goofball on my left. If you're over the twenty-five, come talk to us. How about that? Then we know who my the fuck the Democrats really are. Well, well, my mama's gonna agree with me because my mama loves me. So, of course it is, of course it is. But I got an army behind me that be looking at you like this guy must be young as fuck and probably talking guns and doing all the other crazy shit as people would be expecting you to. The the only the only time my mom won't agree with me on shit is when I insult like Gwen Stefani and NSYNC and oh, well, that's the block totally because, because she because that's because, because, because she went to the, all those concerts and shit and, and she would be insulted if I started insulting them. But 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 I will admit though, Gwen Stefani, I, I hate Hollaback Girl and, and and I hate Rich Girl. So I mean, she fine as hell, but. I mean, that ain't music to me. I mean, that ain't fucking music to me. I, I, I'm, pissed, I'm pissing off all of them. I'm pissing off everybody today. I'm the pissed off black heart. Poor, poor Trey. Trey had the damn thing muted. And I know Trey's probably saying some cuss words that he would love to say to me on this show. Tavon. Poor Tavon. Tavon never even got a word in, like, the whole time. Fuck that. Fuck that. You want, nah, man, like, you want us into that shit. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Tavon Trey, Trey, I apologize for all the ranting about hip hop for for all for all my listeners. I'm sorry that we went. I'm not apologizing. I'm saying the the jet, Yo, we in here. You heard? Yeah. All, all, I will, all I will say this here though is we all agree on this here that we at least like one or two country songs, but country music is trash. Agreed. On the road again. Just get with to get on the road again. I about my friends. I will say I got like two or three favorite country songs. One country song I will actually play at my wedding is uh, Need You Now by Lady Annabelle. But country music to me is trash. So 
Um, but yeah. But anyway, so um, getting back into um, the NBA and shit, I know that we went on a detour and we went to like I-95 and shit and then we stopped by Jersey and had to deal with Blackheart's bullshit on some music First of all, I live in Jersey. First, of, you know, first and foremost, thank you very much. I know much. that you don't live in Jersey, but I said, so what? I said we took so a detour and they so went through Jersey. Halfway off to Jersey and shit like that to see Blackheart my way. Uh-uh. No, we took You're, a detour over here to see Tony Soprano's old house that was being sold for 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 you want to know what two point nine million dollars. So whoever is living in that house right now, I'm fucking jealous of them right now. Well, all I know is now I'm back into the NBA. We got some NBA stuff. Um, uh, Kevin Durant tonight is he going to get over thirty six points? Uh, Tavon, we're going to start with you because Tavon <laughs> Tavon hasn't even had him. Yeah, Tavon, T- yeah, we yeah we shut him down. <laughs> I know you should have trained Tavon down. Tavon, you still there? Yo, cuz, you still there? I think we scared them all. Okay. Oh, no, my cousin's still there. All right, right, Tavon, Tavon, um, does Kevin Durant get 36 points tonight? Tavon, are you breathing? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. I think Vince McMahon. I think Vince McMahon got to his microphone again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kevin Durant definitely gets over 36 points tonight. Kevin Durant though is a high minus 141 to get 36, so that's only a 71 dollar payout. I would avoid that, but a lot of people would probably go under 36. Because it is plus one eleven right, and a hundred dollar payout will get you to eleven. Buds were banging, yeah, I man, thought we thought we scared you off. <laughs> no, you guys did. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I was saying, KD would score thirty six points. Yeah. Uh, Blackheart, what about you? He's gonna get over thirty six points too. Yeah. Uh, Trey, what about you? I'm going with under under thirty six. Oh, okay. Uh, Jeff Green. Um, he didn't have a great game, game six, but game five though in Brooklyn he did have twenty seven. He's he's oh um it's over fourteen tonight. He's a plus one hundred four for that. Or do you guys think he's going to get under fourteen points? It's not going to be of uh, much of offensive help. Under fourteen. Under fourteen. Okay. I'm going to say he gets fourteen tonight. I'm going to say he gets fourteen. I give him like eight or nine. Damn, you got no confidence in that. Yeah, Tavon, what about you? <laughs> Come again? Uh, Jeff Green, does he get over fourteen points tonight for Brooklyn? Mm, sure. And Joe Harris is the last one we'll close it out with in points because Joe Harris is either Clay – he's either the Clay Thompson or he just shoots terrible. Um, Joe Harris, does he get over 13 points tonight? Um, Tavon, we'll start with you. Um, I'll say no. Blackheart? I'll say he'll probably have 14. Last year, so. yeah, me, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, Trey, what about you? Going over, over okay, thirteen, right. over thirteen and a half. Cool. And how about this year though? For just one prop from three pointers, D- 
does Giannis Adenakumbo hit two threes in this game? If he does, it's a plus 160. Hell no. Wow. I'd say he gets one three. I don't think he gets two. Yeah, I will, yeah, okay, well, I will agree with one, but definitely probably two. That's like asking, listen, that's like asking a baseball player to give you two home runs. I think he can do it. It's a matter of should he do it. I don't think he should. Well, well Giannis does average like six to like eight, like three pointers a game. Like he's he's starting to take those pull up things, like those, you know, like I don't know. Sometimes they go in. Though. Sometimes they go well, in. So I don't know. He could probably get to it. Well, how about this year though? It's now official Sunday at three thirty. It's June twentieth. It will be tomorrow. It will be the Clippers. Phoenix Suns, the Western Conference Finals begins. Uh, Clippers are the underdogs, plus four and a half um, on um, on the road in Phoenix. Phoenix is the favorite um, by five. So I got to ask you guys, uh, Trey, we'll start with you. Are the Suns taking game one tomorrow? Is Chris Paul going to play? From what I've heard, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about him playing yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with the Suns. I'm going to say Clippers plus four and a half take that point spread. I don't know if they'll win, but I will take the point spread. Tavon? Suns. All right. All right. Blackheart? Blackheart? Thank you, lost Oops. black card. Nah, oh, no, there we go. <laughs> I have a microphone on. My fault. Uh, Suns. Suns? All right. And for the 8 o'clock game tomorrow night, it's game seven for the Hawks and Sixers. Hawks are the um, road dog at plus seven and a half point spread. Philadelphia is favored to win by eight. Um, Philadelphia or Atlanta in this point spread? I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Philly at home. It must must win situation. Otherwise, Doc Rivers is out of there. They're going to play for him. So I'm gonna go with that. Can well, you I'm gonna say the, I'm gonna say the Hawks plus seven and a half. I, I say Philadelphia does win this, but the Hawks are seven and a half favored for the point spread. Trey, what about you? Um, probably the Hawks. Tavon, what about you? <laughs> Philly. Philadelphia by eight, all right. All right, and that is official for all the NBA stuff that we're covering today because, um, you know, we, we, we had we had a detour as far as like hip hop and stuff. We are gonna be doing a hip hop episode. I, I promise you that because because I'm not gonna let Blackheart think he can win a, a war against me in some <laughs> music. Uh, it, 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 it is. It, it is because because I know Tay Vice person to you too. So I'm saying that's for us. I'm saying that's for us. You heard? So just know that. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. You can speak and talk and all that. Whereas he uh, felt the type of way that he had to be, uh, to be his own microphone. 
<laughs> well, until Zach, until Zach gets his feelings out the way, um, anybody else want to talk NBA, NBA related before we jump into the two wrestling shows last night? Tavon. She's made a train. I know that you're not really in the wrestling world, so you don't have to be here for that. Uh, we go from there. Until Zach comes back, um, wait, well, I, I'm back. I'm, I'm back. I didn't mean. I didn't know. I, I did not know. I muted my thing. I actually was getting my charger untangled. I thought that I was still on. That's why. Mm-mm. So yeah, I'm sorry. Had you be bleepy 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 in the background? No, I no. I, first off, first off, first off, first off, first off. I'm not gonna cry over no spilt milk. You ain't gonna be able to get me over on some music. No, but you may cry. Girl. You ain't gonna get me crying. You know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be crying like that. No, you kidding me? Oh my god. Oh my god, man. No, no, you kidding me? Anyways, anyways, I will say this here though. I was, um, I was literally getting my target charger on table, but, but, um. I will say this here, Trey. I know that you're not big into the wrestling stuff. So in case you do leave, we're going to actually give you the 200 moment of the night sponsored by Miller Lite. It has one more calorie than Milk Globe Ultra, and it is a better tasting um, beverage. So, Trey, if you got anything that you want to say for your keeping it 200 moment of the night in case you're not here at the end of the show, the floor is yours. Keeping it 200 moment. Um, so this is just like a hot take or like... Yeah. A, a hot take on whatever you want. If you want to shout out to an ex, if you want to shout out to your mama, if you want to um, make a Father's Day wish, whatever you want. It's your, it's your <laughs> floor. Um, yeah. Everybody follow the Section 5 podcast. Yes, uh, sir. That's about it. Just a just a plug. Section five podcast. We talk Celtics, NBA. Right now it's the off season. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. No problem. Hey, 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 you're more than welcome to come back whenever you want. You can come back tomorrow night for the Hell in a Cell post show because we'll be getting into the NBA more likely. He, more likely, I mean, I mean, well, he might, and we talk about the um the next two games tomorrow. I mean, well, we talk about that game tomorrow as well. Yeah, but but definitely though. But um, Trey though, if you don't stay around though, you know you got your two hundred moment of night in, and definitely thank you, man. Trey, Trey, I will say this here about Trey. Trey is definitely very insightful on his NBA knowledge. He is definitely very 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 great. I mean, uh, Blackheart literally has got like one of the best cousins ever. I I know a cousin just like that, you know, but I don't really talk to him and stuff. And well, he learns that more from my older from our older cousin Jamal. So if anything else, gotta be thanking him for um, for that. Because for me, like I told you before, basketball is not really my analytic. Wrestling more was a then basketball choice. His was always basketball first. Well, well, I will will say, of course, man, and and I I will I will say say that all three of you guys, you guys are definitely. I mean, you guys definitely know all your stuff, man. You guys always come in and, like, I, I mean, I was even giving, like, Trey, like, like eight or nine questions, like, straight in. Trey was just, like, slugging every one of them. He was just hitting home runs like like he was wearing the 25 Berry Monsters. So, so definitely give credit to um. No steroids. Right <laughs> yeah, man, y'all, y'all, need no to stay, steroids. y'all need to stay cool today. It's mad hot outside. 
Oh yeah, Craig. Oh, around doing some shit, man. I nearly burst. Well, how about this here though? Um, so now, so now that we're getting into official wrestling stuff here, first thing I want to definitely shout out to is John Moxley and Renee Packett having their first ever yeah. trial. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes having their first ever trial. Yeah. So great stuff right there. Um, Tavon, what was your thoughts when you heard that both childs were born and everything? And um, how do you feel about it? How do I feel about it? I think it's special. So, but definitely want to give quick shout-outs to them and everything. Also, one more quick shout-out before we leave the NBA officially. Today is the five-year anniversary of the 3-1 comeback where Kyrie Irving hit the dagger three, which, in my opinion, Kyrie Irving helped LeBron win that championship in Cleveland. So you can disagree with me all you want, people, but the LeBron block would have never happened if Kyrie's dagger three never happened. So, But Cavaliers won 93-89 in the Game 7. The Cavs were the um, favorite minus two to win that game. So if you guys did bet the Cavs that night, then you definitely won. Um, but, yeah, the Cavs came back from the 3-1. It's the only championship in Cleveland's history. And, yeah. That was an awesome final moment. Nothing. Definitely an awesome, definitely awesome final moment. I just hate when people say the LeBron block means more than the Kyrie 3. The Kyrie 3 was the big one. So, um, my opinion, though, you know, I, I, I always have gotten hate about that. So. But, with, hey, look here. No shot, no block. That's how it goes. Um, how, about, <laughs> how about this here, though? For the NXT notes, because in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer noted that the reason NXT entrances have been shorter lately is uh, suggestion and trainer, um, Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels, said that that – that he suggested to Paul Levesque that longer ring entrances have been causing viewers to flip to AEW. Even though they're no longer head-to-head with Dynamite, they are going for shorter entrances so they have more TV in-ring time for the in-ring action and other storylines. And also, this was not even a suggestion made by Shawn Michaels. This was actually suggested by his wife, Rebecca, who, as people would know, that his wife, Rebecca, has actually been involved in WWE storylines. Most importantly, the 2008 one with uh, Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, when Chris Jericho accidentally Jericho hit her in the <laughs> Oh, that was funny. And that I, was I in the PG era, too. Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, second month into the PG era. Second month. And, and um, Jericho went to apologize yeah. to Rebecca afterwards, after the segment ended. And Rebecca said this to him. You hit like a girl. So, <laughs> and she had a black eye and everything. So, 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 so apparently, she didn't even think that punch was a good one. So, um, but yeah, but that's why the ring entrances have been shorter. Also, report by Fightful. It was discussed this week that former MLW manager and on-screen personality Selena De La Renta, whose yes. real name is Natalie Class, was seen at the Performance Center this week and appears to be WWE bound. So I do have to ask you guys, would you like to see Selena De La Renta in um, WWE NXT or no? No. I don't know. I mean, oh, God. I mean, I don't want to say Plus, you know, the whole thing is about, you know, everyone's trying to be going to go to WWE. But I'm saying to people now, WWE is not going to let you come in and do what you were doing at previous companies. All that 
So I just think from certain perspectives, I'm like, I wouldn't do it. I would tell her just just float around, see who's out there first, and then you know figure it out. Don't try to say, okay, don't look at these. Uh, Tavon, yeah, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we should see her. Um, to, be honest, to be honest, I don't know what to make of Selena Del Renta. I've never seen a match first of all. I know she's a great personality and a great talker and would kind of do what Selena Vega would be doing, but if they've already brought Selena Vega back, then I don't understand why they would bring in Selena Del Renta. Because both of them are more bound to be managers, not bound to be in-ring competitors. So, I mean, it could work, but I, I, I don't think it would be a good fit there. So, um, Becky Lynch was seen training at the WWE Performance Center, as this was um, also confirmed by TW Insider and then Fightful and then Dave Meltzer. It was reported that um, Lynch is part of a process where she's in the return to working with the company. She's been working in the ring with Indy Hartwell, one half of the NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. So, Tavon, um, what was your thoughts on this? Tavon? Yeah, what was your thoughts on Becky Lynch now being training now at the WWE Performance Center again? Oh, she is? Yes. Uh, she's training with Indy Hartwell right now. Hmm. And it looks like Becky Lynch will be coming back at SummerSlam. Alright, let me see. Definitely, definitely. Blackheart, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, well, it's about time anyway, so... I see what I'm saying. We'll be expecting a lot of different prizes for SummerSlam. Coming back, so I think it's kind of good. Yeah, Ryan's in time, all the... I think everything works out as well. Well, tonight, well, last night we had Friday Night Smackdown and AEW Dynamite So on Smackdown last night, of course, oh, yeah, the big story was Rey Mysterio, Roman Reigns for the Hell in a Cell match on Smackdown. Uh, to me, I did not enjoy the Hell in a Cell main event. I don't know about you guys. Tavon, did you see the main event of Smackdown? Yes, I did. And Blackheart, did you see the main event of Smackdown? Yes, I did. I, I didn't enjoy. The, I didn't enjoy the main event. I thought Rey Mysterio had too much offense in this match. Oh, thought, so you were the dream thinking that oh, then you're supposed to be seeing childish happen on television. All I can say is here, oh, he was way too dominant on Roman Reigns in this match. He looked. He had. Listen, he had so much listen, offense on Roman Reigns. Listen, 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 listen. But that's the point, though, right? He, he knows he's smaller than Roman, that he knows he's bound to get right his ass. Right it says right to go to the and we see how this happened at Hell in a Cell 2019 with the team and Seth Rollins. How the fuck did that How the fuck did that end? What happened? But does he did hear there? But when it comes to this, I think Dave was not trying to read the the old squad angle, so they let break. So they let break. Go after him with everything that you can find under the brain, and you can take his advantage because when Roman did it, it's justifiable, right? That can't be. That can't be. To me, to me, I just hate this. I just, I just hate the <laughs> Hell in a Cell match. I just did. I, I couldn't get into it. I mean, Hell in a Cell matches just don't work on TV. They just don't. 
Nope. I mean, nope, they, they don't, don't. Be- because because <laughs> oh, no. I mean because because literally Roman Reigns was hit with a toolbox and hit fire extinguisher. He was hit with everything in the kitchen sink. And I didn't enjoy this match. I, I wish that I would have better, but I just didn't. And, and Ray was a really weak challenger for this match. He really, really was a weak challenger, and I I hate, I, I, I hate it. I hate this match. I I, I did. I, I didn't even like the opening segment of SmackDown because. Rey Mysterio came out and wanted to fight Roman Reigns early, and then Roman Reigns even told Ray, "Like, look here, like, look here." You say, "I'm gonna give you one chance to get out of this," and Ray said that he wasn't <laughs> going to. And then Roman, um, and then and then he said, "What he does to Rey Mysterio is gonna what he made look to Dominic look PG." So if Ray won, it, Ray was going to get that, and Reigns was disappointed and furious. So I mean, I didn't even like the opening segment of the show. Um, um, and then we had Apollo Crews with Commander Aziz beat Kevin Owens and Biggie in nine minutes. Tag match was fine. Decent. It was win. It was decent. It's just the only fill out the TV slot, and the only grace of what could happen on on Sunday. Which we'll talk about that in a little. Well I, well, I would have liked this tag match a lot more better if Sami Zayn, you know, wasn't at commentary. And also, they gave – and Commander Aziz, they actually were letting him work in the ring um, quite too much to me. Like, I would have actually, you know, not had Commander Aziz, like, literally, like, you know, it was like he can get some – like, like Kevin Owens and Biggie get too much offense on him. But it was a fine nine-minute match. I mean, it wasn't nothing special. I mean, um, Tavon, what did you think of the um, tag match? It was decent. Yeah. Um, well, the finish came with Sami Zayn getting ready to look like he was about to attack Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens thought he was going to attack him, and then Kevin Owens was distracted and then got hit with the Nigerian nail by Commander Aziz. After the match, Sami Zayn started dancing and shit and then went to Caleb Braxton in the back and said that it was karma justice and it was going to keep happening every week. So then later in the show, Adam Pierce and Sonya Miller talking. Saying that the Hell in a Cell match is going to be the greatest SmackDown ever. It's not, people. And next thing, and then Kevin Owens comes in with like a raspy throat. And Adam Pierce says, Kevin, what happened to you? Like, Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville weren't even watching the damn match or watching Kevin Owens get his ass beat. Right, so, like you stupid bitches, like you supposed to be a fucking here, and yeah, y'all mean the time that y'all not watching all these matches and how the fuck to go down. Like that's fucking funny as fuck. And then what even got worse was like Kevin is like barely able to talk, and he's like telling, and he's like trying to tell Adam Pierce he wants Sami Zayn, and Adam right Pierce is like, blue. Kevin, I respect right you. Hand. You'll get Sami Zayn Sunday. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell does respect got to do with a man with a raspy throat after he just got his ass whooped? Like this, man, this, this, this poor man Kevin Owens can't catch a break. He can never catch a break. Hey, Tavon, mute your microphone real quick. Oh, okay. Oh shoot. Nothing. <laughs> Tavon's like, oh shoot. Right, I was like, you were saying like, uh, bro, it makes me think about some shit that I want, I, I did not want to think about, but. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. Well, all I know is I, I was actually enjoying the background because because the little girl actually was agreeing with me. Shit, like shit, like this, like it was. Funny she, probably, she doesn't even know you. I, I know, I know, but it was funny though. It was funny. She was like, she was like, hey. Oh. I, was, I, was, 
I was, I was, like, I was like, you know, I said, I said, you know, this girl actually, actually has something in wrestling. She, she actually could be like really good at this. Like, like she, even she knew some bullshit sucked on this show. So, but oh, I just, no. I, 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 I hate, I hate it. I, I just. I mean, like, poor Kevin Owens. Like Kevin Owens can never catch a break now as a babyface. I mean, I mean, if I mean people, if you want to see how bad WWE books a babyface, just look at Kevin Owens Weekly. I mean, because even the bomb pre-match vignette, Kevin Owens That's puts sad. over Big E, and then Big E doesn't even want to put over Kevin Owens. And I'm like, That's man, sad. That's and I, and it, 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 it is, it is. But you don't that. I mean. That Roman Reigns feud really killed Kevin Owens. It really has killed Kevin Owens really bad. And yeah. I, I would say an Intercontinental Championship would help him, but at this point, does even the belt even matter? I mean, because Vince. I mean, like it needs belt. to matter because you got that as your main tier. So which means if you're trying to build up a new star, looking at that, you know what I'm saying, and looking at that tier, who the hell could you lean on? Yeah, but you know what though, Blackheart? Did you notice this entire episode of SmackDown on Friday? They Never once mentioned Ray and Dominic were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and nope. Ray never came out with the belt one time. Nope, it was him and strictly on the dad on the mission moment. So the whole the whole scenario, excuse me, the whole scenario of the night was Ray getting his revenge on Roman, even if they gotta speed up the hell in the cell process. Uh, process even though I clearly don't know why the hell that they did that, but they me did, either. and yeah. they. Still have Rey Mysterio get his ass beat in the cell instead of you having just someone interfering and just saying, "Yo, bro, stop!" And it could have kept going to Sunday. Now we don't even know unless WWE made some type of announcement by like tonight by oh breaking news on uh, Roman Reigns will be going against Dominic tomorrow on this or whatever. Yeah, but Ray even said in the opening promo that he didn't know when Dominic would be back, so. And then next so up, wait, then wait, wait. So if he doesn't know, so those, so don't that mean that they got forfeit the belts? In WWE, you know what? It's 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 not like it's 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 not like they even have anybody to challenge them except the Usos. Exactly. They, they, so we bring down the vacate the belt, and then here we go with a with 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 the similar teams that we already seen already had the belts before, and no new faces. Well, I got this feeling that the Usos are going to win the belts anytime soon now because 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 I mean, so it's it's bound to happen now. I mean, so yeah. Um, next up, we had the Battle of the Crowns. They even gave us a video package of these <laughs> two feuding. They did oh, give us a fucking video. Package. This this sucked. This this was Shinsuke Nakamura taking on King. They put Corbin. all these money in video packages that have no meaning for shit. The you even know, you know, video packages trash. And then you see what happened on Monday. I, I, I like the Eva Marie video package just because because it looks. Like I bet fitness you ads. do. I bet you. They, do. No, they look like fitness ads, and and and, and no offense, WWE. Tells fitness you all the for time. who? You mean fitness for who? I mean, um, it, um, it, it, um, the other woman that I mean that I mean that's in place of her. But believe it or not, believe it or not, though, I actually would like them doing fitness ads like this. No, no, this is not going to be no Simon Dean 2005 all over again, and then you got Bobby Lashley making that motherfucker eat 100 burgers. All I know is, to me, I like the fitness vignettes of Eva Marie. I did like them. Because, because, because no, because in WWE, that in the performance center, they tell you all the time 
that they basically build you up to be this athlete. They don't even build you up to be a wrestler because a lot of people don't even get better as a wrestler there. They build you up to be this athlete like you're working I, at combines and shit. So I blame the motherfucking trains because their training background tells you something. So which it means does, if you don't have a big man, a strong man coach that can teach you how to be a proper strong man, then you're then you gonna feel misplaced. I will say I will say this here though this battle of the crowns bullshit I didn't give a shit for this was actually probably this was a good match but I didn't give a shit who won it the only highlight of this match was that Pat McAfee took Michael Cole's cell phone and put on the flashlight and took his cell phone put on the flashlight and danced to the Rick Boogs Shinsuke Nakamura theme that's the only highlight of this match that I found cute and funny the rest of this I did not care for because when Shinsuke beat King Corbin I was like. Well, does this even make Shitsuke like a baby face? Because the entire well, he's already been a baby face, but now the the key question is: so Baron Corbin is back to being Baron Corbin, so you gotta re-edit his whole intro over. Not really, not really. I'm not still calling um, that motherfucker King Corbin. I, well, I mean, I mean, his theme is nothing the same of what his theme is now. I mean, exactly. Just, so that just means. I, so that just means either two things is probably going to happen, right? Either they're going to have him go back to Barry Corbin and have to redo his imagery all over again, or, mm-hmm. or if rumor is true that the King of the Ring is supposed to be, you know, to try to give another shot in the arm for that, let's see what happens with that again. Funny and fact, then, I just want to pray that they don't try to do the whole to try to make him king of the range, to re-push him as a heel, and it still don't work again. Now you just waste the time. Well, I'll tell you this here, though. The finish came with Corbin attempting a choke slam, but Nakamura hit a knee to the face. Then a king shot so to win the crown, and then Rick Books put it on him while Nakamura sat on his throne at the um, ramp way. Fun fact, did you know that Shinsuke Nakamura is the fourth babyface in WWE history to win a king crown? Wow, I didn't know that. Um, and actually, the other three people, I actually have them. 2001 Edge, which you could say he was actually a heel, but they but they listed as babyface. Ken Shamrock, 1998. And 1993, <coughs> Bret okay. Hart. Now, that was a true babyface. Bret Hart was a true babyface at the time. Now, Ken Shamrock was in between babyface and heel, because... Attitude era wise, the whole anti hero, he was part of that mix right there, so I couldn't consider him a baby face. I, I, that was what I was listed. I, I don't even believe Edge was a 2000. I don't believe Edge was a baby face because Edge, I remember that entire, that entire invasion angel, evasion, evasion angle last year because I was watching the Brian and Vinny show on the figure four. Um, online on their website and they were doing retro shows every week of the Raw and Smackdown and I would watch these Smackdown and Raw episodes and Edge never came off once as a babyface. He came off as a heel but in WWE's stupid history, he is the he is the third one ever and the fourth one is Shitsuke and it's always usually won by a heel and no offense, I don't even like it when babyface win King of the Ring because they it makes zero sense because now Shitsuke is going to act obnoxious and shit and act like he's a king, but he's supposed to be this baby face. So I, I didn't get that. Uh, Tavon, what was your thoughts on this match? 
It was decent. I just I just have this feeling that like like Tavon I don't know if that was like your little sister or something in the background. Oh, but I have oh a, my bad about about that sex. No, 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 no. Because, <laughs> because no, my no. my phone it when I was playing Twister on the porch outside it yeah. must have it, it it opened the IG TV app and I and I didn't even realize it so <laughs> that was my bad. Oh, I I I didn't know if you had like a little sister or something playing in the backyard and you were having to watch her. But I was like, but 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 I actually was like happy that we had like some audience like laughing at the bullshit of this show because I was like I was like it's like you know what? this little girl's actually agreeing with me. I said Tavon's actually like Tavon's actually being a good big brother. <laughs> 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 oh, she did thank you. I was like I was like Tavon's actually you know doing this. I said, I said Tavon's being a good big brother. But I have a feeling though that. Like, like well, like well, this. I don't have a little sister. I have a little brother, so okay. <laughs> yeah. Well I, well, I have a feeling that your little brother would have liked this match. I just have a feeling he would have liked this and would have found the shit like funny and shit of Pat McAfee and shit. But like me, you, and Blackheart don't give a shit about this. It, it, I, I might know like one person that would have actually liked this match. And fun fact: her name is actually comes from the name Toe Story. Um, her name is Andy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so, so she would have actually liked this match if I sat her down and gave her like five dollars and said, "Hey, would you review this match for me?" Because, because if you give like Andy like five dollars, Andy will actually like watch wrestling and want to review this. And I'm pretty sure Andy would have actually wanted to see this match. So, um, by the way, shout out, hi Andy, uh, love you. Um, anyways, um, uh, I know I, 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 I'm a good I'm a good big brother kind of. So you know, I I, I love her. Um, oh, family yes. friends, you know, oh, yeah. she's basically like my sister. Like, like, um, I, I will say though that, like, in the family friends that I have, most of them are women. So literally, there's so literally, Andy has like one brother, and he comes from like a whole brother, and he like you know, and he comes from like a whole family of like three girls that he lives in a house with on top of his mom and dad. So so trust me when I tell you, he's been bullied by women his entire life because he gets bullied by his older sisters, Maddie and Sarah, and by his younger sister, Andy. So, um, I got you. So I, I, yeah, so, um, by the way, uh, sorry, sorry, little man or Robert, whatever the hell you Listen, man, I got two little sisters too, but they are, uh, I, I le- let me just say, Eagle takes a part of that, but being as an older brother, you gotta be that defender and the therapist at the same time. It 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 is so hard, it's so excruciating, especially when when they got a lot of stuff going on. Especially if you're hearing about certain things that that you show that you shouldn't be hearing, you try to block it out, and but it may, but you can't because you have to be weary about. Who the fuck that they be with and all the other shit and then what happens to women nowadays? So I so I feel weary for that. So shout out to Riri and shout out to Sasha and Rihanna too. Yeah. Um and what you call it? So but definitely mm-hmm. so how about this here? Next up we had the Bianca Belair Bailey face to face. Um they recapped Cesaro attacking um Seth Rollins you know, on the ding-dong hello set. And Bailey tried to pick it up to pieces, and, of course, Bianca Belair came out to laugh at her. So then Belair came out and, like, cut, like, this promo. And I hate these promos in WWE because we just saw this with Braun Strowman and Shane at WrestleMania. 
I hate these like anti-bullying promos because they really come off weird to a company that literally bullies people. So this this was like really weird. It was a good promo for Bianca Belair. She she carried it as good as she could. Bailey's music hits. Bailey comes out like basically like upset that Bianca Belair laughed at her, and Bianca Belair still has confidence. But of course Bailey attacks her. They fight, and then Bailey of course ends up getting the advantage, and then grabbing Bianca Belair's hair and then pulling into the barricade. And then, of course, she hit a rose plant and then um, held up the SmackDown Women's Championship while holding Bianca Belair's hair down with her boot. So it was um, it was a fine segment. Um, I didn't really think much of it. Um, of course, the match is now going to be Hell in a Cell, Bianca Belair, and Bailey um, at Hell in a Cell. So um, what's your guys' thoughts on that? I just I just want this match to be over with. All right, just, let's just see a good match out of the Hell in a Cell. But please, let's not do this whole hysterical laugh ever fucking again. I think I kind of, kind of outlived this whole, um, yeah, whatever the fuck that story is. That's exactly how the fuck I felt. <laughs> exactly. Um, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm done with this storyline. Like, no offense, it's like the opposite of Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, except they didn't even care to like even want to like book nothing. They like with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, at least they tried. And they failed miserably because they just did booking backwards. But Bianca Belair and Bailey, they didn't even try. They just personally just said, Bailey, go laugh like Vince, and we're going to make a storyline out of that. And yeah, it it, it was terrible. Um, um, Tavon, what's your thoughts on the Hell in a Cell match um, Sunday for these two women? I was shocked that. There is going to be a hell in a cell match between these two. Because at first, I thought it was going to make a hair versus hair match, which was reported. But yeah, they needed a hell in a cell match. Yeah, I, yeah, I will say though that, I mean, I just hope this feels done after Sunday, which it probably will be now. Um. We then uh, had a four-minute recap of the Usos-Roman Reigns, which, fun fact on the show, everyone was shitting on SmackDown last night saying, well, they keep going to this Roman Reigns-Usos, like, um, soap opera. And literally in this show, you didn't even get that tonight. Like, at least last week it was an hour and you could see why people were upset, but this didn't even take up an hour. This took up maybe 15 minutes of the entire show. There was not a lot going into this about the Usos or none of that. This was more focused on Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio, and people shit on SmackDown for this reason. But they but 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 they fixed the criticism. You only had one segment that was Jimmy Uso approaching Roman Reigns in his locker room, and Jimmy noted that he thought about what Roman said last week. He admitted Roman was right. He said, "I don't agree with everything that you do, Roman." He said, "But I am with you." And he said that if he needed his back tonight, he would do it. Um, Roman said no. He said he had this ready to go. Uh, Roman then said that he just needs to find Jay. He said because without him, he said, he said, we're not a whole. So I did like this. I did like this. Um, and everything. I, and I love, and I actually like this segment. It was simple. Um, Roman's facial reactions were actually pretty funny though. <laughs> they were. Because, because like when Jimmy Uso told Roman, he said, if you need me tonight, I got you. And Roman looked at him like, 
Like, really? Like, because last week you went to, last week you mm-hmm. called me a bitch and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, now, so, all of a sudden, I, it takes you a week to be at home, your brother ain't answer the phone or the door, just to get you to say, okay, maybe maybe I need to fall in the line. Yeah. And listen, I, listen, I still say that you can throw a curveball, say, Jimmy, pull out some promo, or Roman say, like, you know, I thought about last night, Jimmy. I, I want you one-on-one in the hell and cell tomorrow night. Some crazy shit. And I just really be like, yes. It's the ass being he needs to take. In order for him to understand, things is different around here on SmackDown. You better get with the program or you're going to get Molly walked. Yeah. Uh, Tavon, what was your thoughts on the um, Roman Reigns-Uso segment? That was a good segment. Good segment. Um, how about this here? Next up, we had Otis, Chad Gable. This match didn't even take place. And Otis looks like, um, I'm not trying to make fun of nobody, so please forgive me if anybody is insulted, but Otis literally does look like Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. He has no beard. Oh, and, 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 and God trying, bless and his soul, to, man. God bless that man's soul, man. Yeah. And, 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 I will say, and I will say, the thing is, though, with Otis, I understand why they shaved off his beard to make him look more serious, but he looks way better with the beard. He does. He looks way better with the beard. Um, I don't know why someone made him shave that beard because he really looked good with the beard and now he looks, he looks out of place. Like, like when I think of Chris Farley, Chris Farley was not a serious heel. Chris, Chris Farley was an entertaining soul on Saturday Night Live. Um, so yeah. Um, but Otis just beats the shit out of Dawkins. And then Michael Cole noted that Mike, uh, Montez Ford was at home with injured ribs and Dawkins came out with his shoulder taped up, but Otis and Chad Gable just beat his ass. So, nothing really to say about this here. Uh, Tavon, um, what's your thoughts on this Usos, Chad Gable, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford feud? It's a decent feud so far. And looks like things are heating up, basically. And yeah, and. The fact where Otis and Chad Gable gave that brutal beating to um, Dawkins and the match hasn't officially, and the match didn't even officially start, it, it's probably um, saying something. Well, we're bringing in Blackheart's favorite person because he loves every time I do one of these puns, so let's go ahead and go with this here. He once saw, he once saw Pokemon Go and saw that you can make $25,000 in this. And he said, I'm going to try this. And then he nearly got hit by a car when he tried to throw Pika balls at Pikachu. Ladies and gentlemen, Ash is in the building. Ash, what's oh, up, man? Oh, no. Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Ash, Ketchum <laughs> is back. <laughs> <laughs> but, loves every time but, I go. But why, like would you give, well, why would you give him that intro like that? <laughs> like, you know I, mean? I mean, I couldn't really think of anything else. I've already done like most of like the Pokemon. No. and Pokemon Go is like the one thing that we've never really discussed on this show. I, I, I've been going to ask you, Blackheart. Man, Pokemon Go did come out and was like really, really popular. Like years it ago, was, uh, it, it was. It was. Were, 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 were you one of those crazy lunatics that was nearly getting hit by cars and shit like that? Um, no, not at first. It took me a little while to. Warm into the idea of okay, I gotta walk outside and be on my phone looking down, walking, and I gotta look up and walk across the street. Let me remind you, we live in a fucking city, so every other block is gonna be 
you know, a street. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm walking, I'm walking. Oh, you know, so I see something. Hey, maybe I'll start to do it. But then I'm like, and listen, I can be caught lacking off guard. Someone could be looking at me from a distance, scoping my every move out. I'm paying attention to the stupid game. I had to stop it. Uh, fun fact, when I, ever, um, I first moved from North Carolina in 2015 or 16, this was before I went to Minnesota and lived there for a little bit. But, man, I, I didn't even know what Pokemon Go was at first because I was literally just, like, trying to move stuff in. And I, and remember, I I wasn't up with the stuff up to date, but I was getting into that rhythm. And I remember there were – there was, like, this 25-year-old couple. They kept walking around, like, the apartment complex. And they kept walking around my window with their phone. And I thought they were recording me. Because I was literally like watching stuff on PlayStation View, and I was like, "What the hell are these people doing?" And then I saw that they were like holding their phone down and like, "Like, oh, get that thing!" I was like, "So I was like, I was like, oh, I said, oh my god, there's a rat outside!" I said, "I said, I said, I ain't going out there to go get that damn rat." So the next thing I know, I had to hear from like a, like a couple of days later, like this same woman was outside with our boyfriend, and she caught something, and I was like. She's like, oh, I got it. I said, I said, I said, wait. I said, you finally find that rat? She's like, what rat? I said, where are you playing? She said, Pokemon. I said, oh. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought, she, I thought she was a fucking exterminator. I'm sorry. I thought she was. Shit, I didn't know what the fuck she was doing. I, shit, I didn't know she was playing Pokemon Go or shit. Damn. I mean, like, all wow. I know is that, all I know is, though, she taught me about the Pokemon Go game. And told me to be really careful about it because mm-hmm. what you call it? Um, because because you're gonna because she said she said she said she said that her boyfriend who lived in the city nearly got hit by a damn car because yeah. he walked right out in the middle of like four way traffic because he saw because he saw like a bubble sword or something and and then I of course I played it and I quit playing it after I like after like six months in Minnesota but then I first lived in Minnesota. Oh my goodness, dude! I would be walking around the mall, and like I would go into like, like a J.C. and I hate J.C. I don't even like it. You know, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know why women go there, and I guess it's their thing. Like, you know, like like Buffalo Wild Wings is to guys. Anyways, I went into J.C. and there was like all these Pokemon creatures. I was like, I was like, holy shit! And like, and like, I remember I went to like the fragrance aisle. Like, this woman said, how you doing, sir? She's like, would you like to try some Frank? I said, uh, n- no, ma'am. I'm trying to get this Charizard right off your head. Give me a minute, please. <laughs> and, like, she thought I must have been, like, the lunatic of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> because she was like, she was like, she's like, what are you talking about, sir? It's like, I was like, oh, I got it. I said, thank you, ma'am. And, and I, was, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? She's like, this is a fragrance. So I said, of what place? She said, J.C. Penney's. I said, Oh, oh yeah. I, I remember someone told me a story that they was trying to catch a scyther inside like a like a Macy's. And so and this chick was like looking at her mad wrong, like, fuck are you doing? And he's like, Wait, don't move. Like, I'm so close. Like, it's so it's like it's so in nearby. And she uh, when she tested me down, I was like, people are going off their rockets for this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I remember I remember I had um I, I remember my ex girlfriend once told me she's like she's like she's like this game is just like really weird she's like she's she's like she's like you're going outside 
at like 12.30 at night and you're supposed to be walking the dog, but instead you're literally trying to catch Pokemon creatures. I'm like, I said, but if I catch all these creatures, then I said, I'm going to get rich and shit. And then I like, so I was thinking like how to get rich off this shit. So, so, so no, it didn't, so no, it did not work. Spoiler folks, spoiler folks. I, 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 I literally, I wasted like eight Pokeballs. I think one time trying to get, um, there was like this one Pokemon I really wanted to get. Um, what was it? Jigglypuff, yeah! I wasted eight Pokeballs oh, Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff? Yes! Oh, Jigglypuff, so Jigglypuff can sing and shit. And I wanted so this Jigglypuff because this Jigglypuff could sing. I really wanted this Jigglypuff. No, no, no. People are that's not, sad. No, that's just not sad. That's not fucking <laughs> sad. sad. Jigglypuff can sing. The Jigglypuff can sing. You wasted eight Pokeballs on Jigglypuff! <laughs> yes, yes, and I would do it again to this day. Because oh, I really want that chicken. I really want oh, that chicken. Oh, oh, oh. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the next, the, <laughs> to 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 my next woman, which she does listen because 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 I love her dearly. We're, we're going pokey. We're going Pokemon Go, honey. We're really going Pokemon Go, honey. Yeah, we 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 gonna we gonna catch that Jigglypuff. We gonna get that singing Jigglypuff up in this bitch, man. Oh man, because nah. Cause F that, F that, no man. Plus, 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 what other choices did I have to do, man? Like, like it was either this or watch Jinder Mahal cut terrible promos on Shitsuke Nakamura that year. So no, I was, I was wow. determined to catch some Pokemon. Oh, so, oh, so shit. yeah. Okay, more Tavon is that. Why do I is like laughing more harder than Blackheart if he got this thing muted? I bet Tavon is laughing hard as he can oh, right now. I'm dying. <laughs> I, I'm I dying at this I, moment. I, <laughs> I know. I, 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 I love. I, I love this keeping it 200 show because because literally we get like four big commentary teams and then that's what, and then that's when we just like go off the rails. We go from like hip hop and. You know all that BS. Ash, you missed. Should be called off the rails podcasting. <laughs> oh my god! Ash, you missed the hip hop um discussions earlier, man. Um, whoa, black Blackheart's got like a lot of bad takes. I mean, I ain't trying to like shit on my boy. Oh, what, but... what was it? What was it? Oh, please, get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. You uh, want well, to bless like that? Well, this, well, this, well, this man, well, this man said that Nas was one of the greatest of all time, and. Whew, I mean, I could never. And this that. one I mean, is over here saying that Nas ain't the greatest of all. For, I mean, it's not. He really isn't the greatest of all time. Really and then I'm over here. And then and then you have to think about how old is Z over here, and and compared to how old I am, you can tell the difference in our music choice. You know what I'm saying? So hence why he's a, so he's entitled. He's on the beam, so I'm entitled to mine. So we just to say we just agree to disagree. Yeah, I, I I will I will say this here. When Lonzo Ball said Nas is trash, that's when I said that year that he was going to win Rookie of the Year, because me and Lonzo Ball were on something right there. Because the real, cause real <laughs> who's rap, your favorite yeah, rapper? Yeah, yeah, my favorite yeah, rapper right doubt, now yeah, is J Cole. Is J Cole, no question, right now. And oh, then Drake yeah. okay, would be J. number Cole. two. Yeah, and J Cole is my favorite right now too. And then and then three right now, as far as my favorite rappers go, would be Roddy Reach. Four would be Future. Five would be Little Baby. And then and then six would be Dirk, so little Dirk. So um, I'm not giving him no honorable mention though, you know. No, yeah. So, so but yeah, but um, <laughs> hey, but, you're, but, you're I'm not giving him no honorable Stop. mention. <laughs> <laughs> 
Your honorable mention choice sucked. And yeah, I don't like Little Dirt. I can't get into Little Dirt. In the hip hop before that, you would have left this fucking room. I, I, I will. I will say though, like for my six through ten, it would be Dirk, NBA Young Boy. Oh man. Uh, well, I, well, NBA Youngboy, I can relate to his music, man. man. He's got like the right song. Um, then I, of course I'm gonna put my boy DaBaby in there. You know, I gotta shout Jonathan Kirk, 704, my brother. Um, and then uh, my last two, cause I got my Apple Music. I'm gonna open up my Apple Music, and uh, of course Chris Brown's definitely gonna be in there, cause you know, shout out to Chris Breezy. And <laughs> I mean, and close. and. I'm not. I'm not saying a boogie with the hoodie. I'm. I'm not saying that. So someone said I was an a boogie with the hoodie fan. I. I only play his music if I'm around. I like his old bitch. stuff. Yeah, I'm exactly. not crazy about a boogie. Yeah. Uh, oh, and ten would be um Boo Bucks Clan. Boo Bucks Clan. Let me tell y'all this here. I'm gonna tell y'all this here real quick. If y'all going through a breakup or anything, or your girl tripping, play some Juice Boo- World too. You gotta yeah, play Juice. It, 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 Blue Bucks Clan, though, if you dealing with some girl issues, play some Blue Bucks Clan. They give you more confidence than anything, man. Play some Blue Bucks Clan because that should be helping me through therapy, through breaking up, through anxiety and all this shit, man. Blue Bucks Clan. I, I To my future wife, Blue Bucks Clan got to be playing at our wedding. We got to have some Blue Bucks Clan um, because Smith Schuster <laughs> is the name of my Wi-Fi code. I, and literally, that's a song by them, so... So I'm a huge fan of them, man. I'm a huge fan of Boo Bucks Clan and everything that they got. Um, I, I'm just a whole fan of all their catalogs and shit. In fact, Boo Bucks Clan, I'm going to go ahead and say this here right now. Boo Bucks Clan might actually be better than Tupac and Biggie combined, man. I'm just saying, man, because... Okay, I'm, I I'm, get... I'm definitely leaving the fuck out here on that fucking Damn. Damn. Okay, no, right um, Blackheart, I'm mad because this whole shit is full of fucking screwy I think he just <laughs> push my buttons. And yeah, he is. He is. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm done with the music. I'm done with the music take. We we get back into SmackDown. Uh, Ashton, <laughs> yeah, so because he's about to get smacked the fuck down in words. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, I was, uh, oh my Ash, god! Ash, 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 it's been confirmed. We're going to be doing a hip hop episode. Tavon is going to be our moderator to see who won this. To no, to see who won. no, no. Tavon, give me the moderator. You can't yeah, have someone who's already been in You guys should do a versus, yeah. You guys should do a, a battle of your favorite artists and then play like their song. Mm. Exactly. Ooh, mm. That would have to be good. And, and then, and then, I got a big ass in my bag too. Well, Tavon's going to be the moderator because because Tav- Tavon's really good at being a moderator. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely – Tavon, you're the moderator now. I'm so sorry, man, but we've already deemed you that. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 will, say, I will say this here. I will say this here. Black car ain't going to beat me in no versus battle. Yes, oh. the fuck I will. Yes, <laughs> the fuck I will. Black will you better watch yourself. You better watch yourself. Black car will lose 19 to 1. Oh, that's a good song. Your, watch you yourself. You better watch yourself hey. and watch your ass because the playlist that I can – the ones that I can make up will totally destroy you too. All I know my is favorite artist. Like, yo, you're gonna be hearing some different other shit that you would even think that the certain artists that I'm talking about can actually fucking make them. So, if I use my favorite artist, 
Oh man, my, Fifty Cent is my favorite artist. So I, oh yes, Def, definitely, definitely. Okay. Underrated. Definitely underrated. Okay. Definitely underrated. If I play oh, some Fifty Cent, if I play some Get Rich or Die Trying, ooh. Oh yes, scary fucking team. That's the one about before. All I know, all I know is, all I know, all I know is black, black art, black art. I could name five Disney songs that would beat you in a verse. Get the fuck right out of here! Oh no! Nah, I play, I play, play some Cheetos music. Eighteen don't count. Eighteen don't count. Cheetos girls don't fucking count. Cheetos girls don't fucking count. Whatever oh. beat bubblegum bullshit that you're going to try to present to me, I'm He's going to play brother. high school musical. Yeah! <laughs> but I mean, well, no, but, hey, 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 He's gonna play Zach. Hey, hey, wait, 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 no, oh, I wasn't really? on that level. Really? I was on that Dasso really? Raven level back then. That even yeah, shit. yeah, wow. word. Dasso Raven was good back then. Come on, what you talking That's about? She was hot she was back then. Okay, okay I can give you more hits. I can give you more hits for some of the from um 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 uh, for some of the one hit wonders of Disneyland out there. Uh, out there. Women, women like High School Music, and then we saw That's Corey in the That's house. Yeah, like women cool. does. Oh, whoa! Yeah, you heard hey, me. Hey, 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 hey! All I'm saying, I don't see women why like women high school musicals. You can't get, get, like get places. Hey, hey, hey! It's about what? culture. It's about culture. High school musical is culture to women. That's not culture to me. Wizard of Waverly Places next. You know what culture to me? One of six in part. What culture to me? Rap City. Yes, sir. One of six. What the hell are you talking about? That was my era. That was my era. That was my era too. With AJM Street. Yo, Blackheart with AJM My grandmother would put my BET Uncut. BET Uncut. Rap City, yo, Rap City. Come on, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey I watched. Come on, Park, man. man. No. no, no, man. We, yo, we need to have this episode down because. Let's go. Oh, 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 I think I'm on A lot of people who met Rap City Beach will automatically look at you and say like, "You not know your shit." You, you know, you know, yo, BET had yes, BET was lit. I used to watch BET exactly. Exactly, and, and that's what I'm trying to agree with him on, Ash. That was I'm my like, era, though. So you, yeah. of, of, so you understood, for our different backgrounds, you can tell that's why our list is so fucking different. I will, say, I will say this. But 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 Blackheart but Blackheart is the green one. I was there. Oh, we was watching Baby Boy on BET. We were watching Baby Boy. Yo, Baby Boy. I will say I will say this. I will say this here though. I will say this here though. Baby Boy is one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, that is. It is. Yes. Fact, yes. Fact. It is. It yes. is. Boys yes. in the Hood. Boys Trey in the Hood. Boys in the Hood as well. Boys in the Hood. The first Friday is Boys, you know Boys in the Hood. The Wood. What classics? Hell yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but anything after Friday Jeez. 2 is not good though. The first Friday is great. The the other two are not. I'm not really gonna argue. I'm not really gonna argue with that. 
I was a fan of the last one. The second one, yeah. obviously, I mean, like, the second one, second obviously, one was okay. It was alright. The second one was just me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The second one with the introduction of Day Day that had to be. I mean, um, like that was bad. The second, but of course, you can't. All about the Benjamins. Yo, that version. was my shit. All about the Benjamins. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Oh, bad boy. Whoa, another one. Um, damn it, um, damn it, damn it was another. Um, uh, damn it was another deflect. Amer- oh, bad boy. Oh, 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 they, of course, American Gangster with Denzel Washington and shit. Of course, oh, you oh, 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 man, oh, man, oh, man, American Gangster. That no, that American Gangster and Training Day Hard are the two best Denzel movies I've ever seen. American Gangster and Training Day. Harlem Nights is classic too. Yep, yeah, you need to put the yeah, you need to put your respect on him in all training. Day. Richard Pryor, bro, you got to put that respect. Oh yeah, uh, I, I w- and, and um, what's called coming to America? Boom, Eddie, boom, Eddie Murphy. Hell yeah, yes sir. You know, a lot of people didn't like coming to America too. I actually like coming to America too. I thought it was great. Nah, nah. They were half baked, yo. They Chappelle half baked, yo. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, Half-Baked Dave Chappelle, yeah. I've seen that one. That shit funny. I've <laughs> seen that movie that a bunch too. of times, yo. Nutty oh, Professor. Bro. Another one. Yeah, uh, uh, Nutty Professor 1, not 2. No, 2 is on the same equipment as no, 1. No, no, it's not. 2 was on the same equipment as 1. They, no, they both were funny. Bro, no, the first one was great. The second one was mid. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I respect both, not just one. Well, 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 well. Uh, um, hey, hey, have you guys ever seen Money Talks? Uh, Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. Yep, I did. I love that movie. Love that movie. Has anyone, yo, know, has ever watched the movie The Sixth Sense with uh, Marlon Wayans? Yes, I actually have. I actually really like mm-hmm. that movie. Hey, hey, what about Little Man? Of course. Yo, that's shit funny. Don't be, don't be, don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. Only you use the South Central. Uh, what about Menace to Society? Of course. Okay. Um, wh- Colors. Ooh, I got a good one. Okay, Colors. Baby's Kids. That's my shit right there. That was. That is my shit. So, and then y'all tell me that High School Musical don't got culture but it tries to pick you up a woman? What the fuck does the Baby Kids give you? Hey, baby, but baby's kids was something that we as we as the we as younger kids back then could fucking relate to. That is the problem. And that movie was made, God bless his soul, Robert Harris, the one of the best old school skinner comedians next to like next to Richard Pryor, who actually made those characters. So for him, that movie would never fucking came out. I will say this here: the best TV show today. Man, how smart! No, 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 no! I'm gonna say the best black TV show of all time. I'm gonna say the best black TV show of all time. Why? I don't care if you disagree. No, the best black TV show of all time is Boondocks. Oh, okay. Regina King, John Witherspoon. Okay. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, you know me. You know me. You know. No, I don't know you. That's why. <laughs> oh, no, you know, you know, you know, you know. I feel, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like. And feel the like early barbershop like movies were good. The early barbershop, and not the second one, but definitely the first one. Yeah, the first I, one. I, I definitely the first one with the top. The second one, I, I really wasn't into that one. 
I, I like I like the barbershop and I definitely like beauty shop. Th- those are those are definitely I, I like the beauty shop with Queen. Hey, have you guys ever seen Bringing Down the House with Queen Latifah and um? Yep. Steve Martin. I yeah, love love that movie. Yeah, oh, I love, love that, movie. that movie. That movie is fucking awesome, man. But anyway, and, I, though, and who and who could forget Malibu's Most Wanted? Oh, that was my shit. Malibu's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. I'm a white boy, but my neck is red. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Yo, my god. Street, street, bleak, Try to make me think. Want to go to my. Yo, I used to. I used to memorize those raps. I used to. Yo, memorize I was watching that movie, and, and, then, and then I, I told myself if a white boy ever walked up and did that same shit, I'll punch him in the face. But uh, uh, my uh, bro, uh, you uh, cannot uh, do uh, that. That was so bad, yeah. <laughs> but Ash said that it made me think of it made me think of that movie where the Millers and that kid had the tattoo that said no regrets but he misspelled regrets. <laughs> that's what that's what Ash reminded me of whenever he said that. I was like, damn, Ash. I said, Ash sounds like the Beastie Boys. Like this dude raps like the Beastie Boys. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bury Ash. I'm really not, man. Dre, Dre, you got cornrows in your hair. You got cornrows down there. Down there. <laughs> and then he was like, how many? <laughs> How many bitches have I fucked? Zero. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No. Uh, oh no. We yo, yo, we gotta make another show about this about black <laughs> black classic cinema and shit. That, no, 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 yeah, we, we got we got we, we gonna we gonna call it the black and white show because because I'm gonna tell y'all how high school musical and shows like One Tree Hill are culture and help you get a woman. I'ma tell y'all that. In white America, you mean? Wayne Brown. Oh my God, you're speaking from a one perspective. I don't see a black audience watching that video. People was watching Lincoln Heights. People was watching Lincoln Heights on ABC Family before they watched that shit. All I say is One Tree Hill made the CW. It made the WB. One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. Whoa! <laughs> no, One Tree Hill is coming to North Carolina. I close one summer don't make that network first. Some of the people that listen to this small, show. I mean, small film Devin made the small film maybe small film Debbie made the WB before it went to the CW the way the fucking it was. All, all I'm gonna say is this here. I'm gonna say this here. This here right one now. Tree Hill shit. No, no, one Tree Hill was filmed in North Carolina. It was filmed and, and, and to, pe- to people oh, that are listening see? to this yeah, here okay. and comment on my shit. I want so y'all to answer me. North Carolina is the best. Massachusetts, right? Yeah. That's yep. Yeah, all right. All right. So that's why. All, all, all I will say is I will say this here though. One Tree Hill is one of the best WB shows of all time. To people that comment on this show, I want y'all to give me y'all takes. Uh, what what was the best WB show? Was One Tree Hill right up there or not? Because seven seven having to beat the shit out of that You don't understand that. This other show is that can whip the shit out of that One Tree Hill bullshit. Seven Heaven. Seven Heaven. I know this nigga did not say no. Yeah, you heard me. Yeah. No, no, no. Now, I yeah, but that's some old shit that you no, probably don't no, watch. Now, I watched right? Reaper. Now, I watched but Reaper. Reaper was a good show. 
Everybody we was better ready. show than Seventh Heaven, and I promise Everybody you that, no, 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 this show's turning into that Joe Biden podcast, man. Where like, and and then next thing, and then next thing I know, Black Card is gonna go on a podcast and and then and then turn into Corey or Mal and talk shit about me. And no, 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 I'm me. I'm me at the end of the day. Full surfing, 360, in and out, around, okay? So anything I'm going to say here, I would have said anywhere the fuck else. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? After this, after this, I'm going to I'm gonna pull up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get knowledge and stuff, and I'm going to take down notes. And and when, and when we come back for this special episode, because we're going to be doing this episode, because next Sunday there ain't no pay-per-views or nothing. So next Saturday. So, so, and, and Dynamite's a show next Saturday, so we're going to have to yep. talk about Dynamite on yep. Sunday, but... Yep. I'll, I'll tell you this here. I'll tell you this here. We gonna get into how One Tree Hill can get you women, how High School Musical can get you women, oh especially Fresh if you saw Prince High School Musical. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, bro. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. It's not unusual. I can give you more than that. But, 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 but we, 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 we gonna get a special episode in this. Yeah, see, we gonna get a special episode. Like you said, black and white. Who represents the black delegation? Me. <laughs> exactly, 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 and, and what and what I find funny is how you or Ash have not mentioned a different world is one of the best black shows. Ever I was too. going to go down the oh, lane. No, you were not. No, you were not. We were just no. naming the nineties and the two thousand joint. We haven't even went back two decades before that. The Bill Cosby show. Bill Cosby show. Hell yeah! Come yeah, on, yeah, Bill, in living yeah, color. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch that. In living color. That's how we got to see Jamie Foxx, um, 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 Jim Carrey, Jamie Wayans. I, 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 I wanted to ask you guys this here. I, I, I wanted to ask you guys this question. Um, Saved by the Bell. What did you guys think of that show? Ah oh, man, I love Screech. That's my. Yeah. Love. I love. I love Tiffany Amber Theus. Um, uh, uh, or, Lisa. Um, yeah, or um, or uh, to, or. What, what was her name? I used um, to watch Chicago. my wife and kids too. Yeah, my wife and kids was yeah. my oh, shit that too. That shit was yeah. my shit too. I love David. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to Danielle Fisher of of Saved by the Bell. Um, please, please, please follow this show, man. Like, like you, you were definitely like the second beautiful woman on Saved by the Bell. You, you were not. You too, Mario. Hey, yo, Mario, man, follow the show as well. Man, I don't want Mario Lopez far in this show. Yeah. What the fuck? Don't be, don't be bringing Mario Lopez to this show. No. Nah, Mario Lopez, come on the guy here. So the Playboy, the Playboy was you showing you, Mario and you were the good-looking son of a bitch having your fucking women, right? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not inviting Mario Lopez to the show. I never invited Mario Lopez to the show. To, to to Mario Lopez, you're not invited to this Keeping It 200 show. You're you're, you're with Ever Rise on the ban list for some reason. <laughs> oh, shut no, up. no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Mario Lopez, 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 She's one of the most beautiful white women you ever going to be on. the Bill shit to Charlotte, sneaking in through the back door. Come on, bro. I just can't. So. I just can't believe no one is willing to admit that Tiffany Ambertheus was the most beautiful woman on Saved by the Bell. I just can't believe it. I thought, I, I thought, I thought, I thought there was culture here, but um, but we, but we're so far off in culture, man. Oh we yeah, we. Yo, man, yo, man, I, I, I feel, I feel like we're at, I feel like I'm at culture three Migos, and I feel like y'all are. Listen, man, culture two, bro. Listen, man, this is like you coming into the hood, full of, full of, full of us right here chilling on the block, and then, and, you, and then we see you walking by, like, yo, who the fuck is this nigga? 
Walk it back and get that Oh, oh, ain't got the best joints on to me. What's your name, homie? Where you from? <laughs> Grilling your ass to be like, yo, we don't even know this nigga, but yeah, he's over here looking like he's, you know, looking like he's rocking with somebody. I'm like, he rock with us, but who the fuck's he rocking with? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, let's it's get back to the environment right now. It's like, who the hell's that nigga that's still grilling us over here? Who is he? <laughs> Let's get back into SmackDown. It, in the back, we had uh, Caleb Braxton have a sit-down interview with Cesaro. They recapped Cesaro and Sephiroth's, um, um over the past month with the uh, text and everything. Cesaro noted that he doesn't um, think he's gone far enough. Rollins showed up, and he wanted to take Caleb Braxton's seat, and Rollins said, I'm not going to fight you. He said, that's on Sunday. He noted that he could not wait to fight Rollins on Sunday. He said, Cesaro, you disgust me. He's, he, cla- he claimed that he does everything that is a disgrace and he doesn't have any respect. Rollins promised to put Cesaro in his place Sunday and Cesaro noted that he respects Rollins and everything that he said and he would see him Sunday and Cesaro pushed him over in the chair. Um, I, I like this segment. The only thing I didn't like was when Cesaro said that he respected everything Rollins said because he just said that Cesaro was a piece of garbage, but... Um, that's WWE writing for you, though. Um, what did you guys think of this um, little quick segment? Decent segment. Yeah, decent segment. I'm, um, I'm hoping that this is just a blow-off. Like, now we finally get the blow-off match at Hell in the South. Give it a good one. Ron's going to come out with the dub. Finally gets over it. Now he got to move on. But as for that, I would have said the same thing, too. I'm like, okay, cool. Zach, I respect your opinion, but I'm going to still swing at your face. So, <laughs> so if it's, 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 that's what Cesaro basically let me know. Like, okay, I respect everything that you said because, I mean, I don't want to take criticism. You can't. Because you get mad, you get pissed. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to just say all this energy for the next 48 hours. And then I'm going to whoop your monkey ass all over this rape. So that's that's how I fucked the body. So thank you, Zab, because just because you're Mr. Because you're Mr. Rollins right now, and I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Sis, you want to put it in that term? Wants to swing you. That's what he's telling you. I'm trying to oh swing his ass 37 times. <laughs> and the airplane, dude. The air- and the airplane swing 30 times. <laughs> that was that was awesome when he did that. That was cool. Thank you, Zaro's an well, amazing athlete. He is. He is. And and then of course. Um, we had the Roman Reigns Rey Mysterio Hell in a Cell match. I, I literally, said I, I literally said I hate this match because Ray got so much offense in, and this match sucked. Um, it was oh. 16 minutes, and I, I just didn't like this match. I, I thought too many weapons, too much bullshit. There's no story told. Reigns won by choking out Rey Mysterio, and before he did that, he power bombed his ass into the um, Hell in a Cell bear, um, Hell in a Cell structure, which was the only highlight to me of this show. The, the rest was just all weapon fest. And then after the match, Jimmy Uso came out to celebrate with Roman and Paul Heyman, and Rey Mysterio got put in another guillotine. So just to tell you that Rey Mysterio needed to be buried. So I hated this match. Um, Tavon, Ash, Blackheart, what did you guys? I, I didn't even really care for it. I, the, I, don't, I, I just hate those red, the red hell in the, the structure. I, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I hate that gimmicky structure, structure too. I wish they would just kept hell in the cell the way that it was. Just nothing but that it was. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? But as for his little comment up there about Ray shouldn't got no offense in, bullshit. He definitely should have got some damn offense in because we didn't want to see a hell in the cell 2019 incident all over again. That all of a sudden now you can't use weapons. I would have liked this match if this match was built up better, but but when this match has a one-week build, I don't give a shit if Rey Mysterio gets in like 95% of the offense or not because if right. you told me... Right, and I understand that. And- I, yeah, but like you ain't expecting Ray to just... Go in, expect him to give him like a light ass punch and maybe a few kicks, and then for 15 minutes get his ass whooped. I was expecting a match where both went back and forth in the ring, and then you saw. But didn't we see that for a certain time period? Yeah, we had to see Ray had to use his size because obviously he's a fucking foot small. I mean, he's a fucking whole fucking foot smaller than Roman. So we understand he's not going to be toe-to-toe with him, blow-for-blow blow with him. He's going to have to use his feet, and, you, and he's going to have to use weapons involved, involved in his case. So I was already expecting some, some weapon play be happening in this match, as we all do in majority of all Hell in a Cell. I, I agree. I agree. I agree there should be weapon use. But, in the very but, beginning, but, 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 Hell in a Cell number one. Fire extinguisher and toolbox and... And then you've got him going through the table because he missed it, and he's getting hit with a damn chair. That's so much weapons. That's just that's just. Uh, and I wasn't in the mood for weapons. I just wasn't in the mood for it. I I, I mean, I like good. I weapons like matches. I like weapons on pay per views. I like weapons if they got a good story with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if they got, got a good, good story. story, and basically and, and this me- kind of was because Roman beat the living shit out of Dominic twice. But and he didn't like, use a come on, weapon, now. He never used a weapon. He just used his fucking strength. He just wait, time out, son wait, of a bitch. wait, 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 wait. Time out. In the very beginning, right? Ray, Ray Mysterio, when he, you know, when he came in the range and called him out, what, like a week and a half ago? Shit like that? Yeah. How the fuck did he just magically appear with a fucking Kindle stick in the ring? Or was that planted yeah. there? It, 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 I think it was planted there. I think someone just like immediately, or so, oh, no, well, no, 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 because Dominic attacked Roman, so Dominic might have been underneath the ring and just slid it in there. They never showed that properly, they, or you could use that as an excuse in case, in case he wasn't there in time. To bring that was supposed to be the point. Some type of weapon was bound to be used involving this match, because there's no fucking way if you're Rey Mysterio versus Roman and you see him in this juncture, what are you really gonna do? What are you really gonna fucking do? That is little people, and yes, I'm actually using the censorized word today. So, <laughs> <laughs> the little people versus someone like someone like Roman who is six 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 seven, and he's looking down and he's like, I can kick you like a football. You know that, right? Um, but yeah, what would y'all do? What would y'all do if y'all in that situation? Real quick, go ahead. If I was in that situation and you and you said I was about to get punted like a football, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Then then I would definitely um, use a weapon to whoop this guy's ass, or I would just pull out the strap and go like. Burr, burr. Um, you, but anyways, you can't be pulling out the little strap in the wrestling ring, bro. Well, well, you know what? Well, you know what? Rey Mysterio should technically have a gun on him because no offense, he did lose an eye just a year ago. Like no offense, like no, like no, like no offense. Should that man already have a gun? Like, or at least be like Brian Pillman I'm crazy? I'm weapons. <laughs> no, no, Rey Mysterio actually needs a gun. If you're really being honest, I mean, no offense, hit him he lost his eye like a year ago. You, you hit him with all types of weapons. 
and then after the match, like, come on, bro, this is Craig fighting Debo on Friday. Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, but you know what I hate okay. about this so much. Yeah, but you know what I hate about this match so much though was after the match, Ray's standing back up and he's crying. He's crying. He's he crying. Failed. Like a, I mean, he's been crying he for failed. weeks. Because he's been crying he for failed. weeks. He failed. He's crying like you a punk bitch, and I don't care. That's the point. You already said this shit already. You already said this shit already. When he came to the Harvard show last year, when you made your point about that, with you the eye, you said it with the eye. Was we're going to see it again. They're not going to just to fucking stop it. They're going to keep fucking using it. All I know, all I know is someone loves when Rey Mysterio cries because they tell him that's to fucking like cry every fucking time. Right there, uh, that's not like Vince McMahon got it right there. Then, Vince, you know, yeah, yeah, because Vince sees him as a small guy. So. I need you to crawl up, slowly crawl up, use the ring, and just start crying. No, 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 no. You know how Vince says this. Like, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, he's like, no, no, no. This you be able to feel, to feel sorry from the little kid watching it on television and shit. You see, like the eight-year-old kid that's watching this, he's gonna cry for Rey Mysterio. I doubt that. Yeah, he's gonna cry in the car. I doubt that. If you're a kid, you're probably gonna cry. If you're, if you're, if you're a kid on Friday night, you were watching Trey Young. Um, trying to beat <laughs> Philadelphia, and then you were watching Paul George and the Clippers versus Jazz. If you were a kid, and, and, and in fact, if you were a kid under Ted, you were going to bed. You ain't no fucking. Way if you, you were a kid, this no, and no unless he's watching if, it with if, his dad, he could be watching right. SmackDown with his dad. Right now, if I had, so if we I don't know that much about. Uh, I mean, because we were kids. He watches it. We were kids watching this. We was kids watching this. I understand that, but when we were kids, though, wrestling had better storytelling. I it mean, was more yeah, fucking yeah. fun too. Like, no, because no, why? No, because you, back no, then, no, you know what made us cry as kids. Then, so we you didn't know the shit behind the fucking sneaks. We was kept in the fucking dark back then compared to what it is now with all the social media and shit. No, no, no. You know what it made us cry was when Brock Lesnar literally threw down an amputee out of a wheelchair. That would have made us fucking cry. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. made me like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Brock's yeah. a bitch ass motherfucker for that. Exactly. Like, oh, exactly. That that made you pissed off by Brock Lesnar. That didn't make you cry. That didn't make you cry. That didn't make you cry. But that's the point. Because for him, he because for him, he had gotten heat for that move. It's all about the heat if you are fucking heel. So Undertaker Undertaker Street made us all cry inside. Yes. The Undertaker Street had made us cry. That's I was also mostly invested like other like other uh, other taking were going to retirement undefeated at WrestleMania, but no, yeah. we get one. I don't think that part made us cry. I think it had us more shocked. Shocked would be the bigger word. But but sad too. Shock. Yes, but, yes, shock and sad, sad. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, but um. So then, so let's so now so now we're finally done with SmackDown. So we're getting into AEW. So AEW. This show was weird as hell. It really, really was weird. Because this show literally looked like Tony Khan was half, I didn't get half to awake when he wrote this. And, and this match was... It, this show was really weird because it seemed like that whoever wrote the show was just half awake. Yeah. So like, I'm blaming Tony Khan. It was so weird. Like, yeah. They started... It off with the cage match. I thought that was the main event. They could have just. I thought that was, that was the main event. But yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and when and I this, <laughs> and this MMA cage fight oh, match man. that they had, though, I actually enjoyed. I actually did enjoy because they made it seem professional. They didn't cheesy it. 
They actually, they Justin Roberts, who actually has called um, cage fights before as a um, as a ring announcer. He knew what to do, and I like this. I really did like this. They had a good atmosphere. They had a good sports vibe about it, and it was completely unique. And it was, and it was actually a legit MMA octagon, a thirty foot octagon, and I loved every bit about that. And then Wardlow in this first, and but the only thing I didn't like though was Justin Roberts said that there was not going to be no judging. Which means that after the end of 15 minutes of the three rounds, the match would have either went to a no contest or a draw. And the first round, Wardlow whooped Jake Hager's ass. He did a beautiful Superman punch right off the cage. Like, it was like, it was like a UFC video game type shit. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that shit. Um, and then of course, the second round, Hager was basically like stunned and everything, and then Jake Hager came back and was able to choke out Wardlow with the choke, um, with his, um, with his submission hold, and I liked it, I liked it, it didn't go too long, I would have liked it to tease uh, a draw or no contest, but I actually liked the opening, I did, um, um, so what, what'd you guys think of the MMA cage match? I liked it, it was a good match. I liked it, I just wish it would have been the main event, so that's the way that it kind of looked at it for the special. Yeah. You know from the graphics from last week, you know what I'm saying? It kind of made it feel like that's what the event, but I feel like this was like the reverse, the reverse play. If anything else, this whole entire episode, everything just went reverse backwards. Play from the main event to the very but in real time, from 8 to 10, we got to begin to end. That's the way I thought about the whole show, so. Exactly. Um, after the match, though, we had, um, we had, uh, of course, Jake Hager and Wardlow about to fist bump. Sean Spears attacks um, Jake Hager. Then Jericho attacks Spears. And then Wardlow and Spears attack Jericho. Then MJF comes out and he attacks Jericho. And Jericho literally does have a dislocated elbow, so poor Jericho's elbow. He's been going through hell. And then Dean Malenko comes out. Malenko tells him to stop. And then... MJF pauses and then hits um, Dean Malenko. And Jim Ross mentioned on commentary that he's a 60-year-old man with Parkinson's. So, now that was kind of... Now, I kind of wouldn't have never did that segment because that's kind of some blowback heat right there. Because um, you ain't supposed to be hitting people with Parkinson's and stuff. But um, but I understand Dean Malenko is a professional wrestler and he can do that. But I wouldn't have did that on my show. I would have did an angle where he was like tied up or something, like what they did on the Go Home show for Dynamite, but I would have never did anything like that, so um, I thought that was like too far uh, then Sammy Guevara's music played and he ran down and everybody ran so um, but yeah, um, what, what did you guys think of the Dean Malenko thing, did, did you like that he took the, the bump or would you have not wanted a man doing that at his age with health diseases? I wouldn't want a man doing that, personally yeah, yeah, me neither. Um, me neither. Yeah, uh, I, I will. I will say when they did the go home angle where he was like taped up to the football post, that was fine because because then you could be like, okay, he didn't have to take yeah. He just they just told him to rip up his shirt a little and just get taped. You know, that's easy. But I ain't gonna have nobody take no bump like that. No, that's no. Um, of course, then we had Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and Penta cutting a backstage promo. I love this promo. I really fucking did. Because Frankie Kazarian is now the fallen angel. He is everything fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And I fucking 
love it. He quoted Bible verses like he was Christopher Daniels. He he said, he said I'm not a man of religion. He said, I'm just a man that believes in getting a punishment. He said, and Judgment Day is coming for all of you, for the for the elite. Eddie Kingston was wearing the DMX shirt. Penta was dressed up like Heath Ledger. I loved this backstage segment so much. I just did. Kazarian, to me, needs to be an AEW World Champion next year. Because the Fallen Angel gimmick is perfect for Kazarian. I don't know why. Because, I mean, Christopher Daniels was the fallen angel in TNA, and Blackheart, you can agree with me on this. Christopher Daniels was a heel. He was never supposed to be getting cheered like a babyface for being a archangel. Someone that was, you know, like that. But this Daniels, I love. I love, I love, I love the fallen angel on Frankie Kazarian. What, what did you think of this? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I agree with the, uh, the whole the whole promo was fine. It was dope. And of course, you know, Peter is still the still got the joke for me. I was like, oh, that warmed my heart for a second. But I, I, yeah, I, I can, I can respect the Frankie Kazarian um, promo um, because of what happened with you. Now he's on his own again. I think you know. Maybe with Christopher Daniels just saying, yo, just take me, take my old gimmick, try to give it a refresher, give it a rebirth or something like that. And if you've seen it and you like it, you like it. I mean, I'm still warming up to everything, you know what I'm saying? For some people that's not, that was to the teenage back then, like most people were, wasn't one of those kids. So at least you got something over me. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Tavon, what did you think of it? It was a pretty good promo. Um, what you said, um, yeah, this whole thing with Frankie Kazaria, it might actually work out for him. It, it will, <laughs> because, 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 it, and, and what is so great about Kazarian is he just comes off just natural. It's not, it's not, it's not scripted. It's just him coming from the heart. And, and also Christopher Daniels, I know is helping him with this, but Daniels is like, I, I will say Daniels made the fallen angel gimmick work. In a time in TNA where where a unique gimmick was really really awesome to have, and then of course they drove away from it after the 2009 and 10 and beyond. But before 2008, Daniels really was a hot heel for the Fallen Angel gimmick, and it was something that really really worked. I mean, especially in feuds with AJ Styles, the three way with AJ and Samoa Joe, it it, it was something very very unique. So. And then we had the Team Taz cut a promo backstage. No Brian Cage. And Taz said that Stark's disagreement with Cage needs to stop. And then Ricky Starks tried to explain himself, and Will Hobbs said no. He said it needs to stop. He said, you two left me alone last week, and I got my ass beat by Hangman and Tim. So Hobbs told Hangman next week on Dynamite, you can meet me one-on-one on Saturday. And um, Hangman later would accept in a backstage promo with the Dark Order. Because, um, and then when, um, Alex Marvez tried to ask Kenny, um, ask Hangman about the Kenny Omega Jungle Boy match, because Jungle Boy is the number one ranked, Hangman said, you know what, I'm not worried about that, he said, but John Shoulder Silver is going to be 100% soon, so, and I'm actually kind of worried because John Silver was only supposed to be out four to six weeks, and they keep saying his shoulder will be healthy soon, so that's not good, um, so yeah. 
Um, then we had the two-on-one handicap match. It's the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yes, they call themselves the men of the year. And if you don't believe me, it's in their Titan Chanchu. It even has details about them and everything, like they're in a GQ magazine. They defeated Darby Allen. I actually like this match. I really did like this match because Darby Allen nearly caught a quick victory because he taped up Ethan Page's feet, threw him out the ring, and then nearly beat um, Scorpio Sky with the coffin drop. But Page reached in, broke up the pin, and then Ethan Page would hit the code red and then pin um, um, Darby Allen. So, what did you guys think of the match? I uh, me uh the match, and the right, the wrong, the right people won. So um, we're gonna see some friction between Sting, Darby, you know, whatever. But we might see that. We might see that. But can't wait. I didn't think the right people won this match. I thought Darby Allen should have just won it and just ended this feud because it's, it, it's this feud to me doesn't mean this much. Um, Savon, what did you think of it? Clearly, it is a handicap match. The two of these guys are more bigger than one person. I mean, he's like 115 pounds. Hmm. Not gonna lie, I didn't see the match because I already saw the cage match because I was still perplexed by the um by the fact that the cage match was the start of the show, and I was like, you know, I'll just watch the cage match and probably watch the rest of the show later. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I, I, I thought the right. I, I, I just, I, I don't care about this feud no more because, because we already saw the, we already saw Sting and Darby Allen can beat them. But hey, I'll take like, your you word. The to, match is good. Like, you don't need to keep I'll take your going, word though, to me. Agree with you that the match is good. Exactly, but it, it really was a unique match. It really was unique, and I liked it and stuff. But um, Tavon, did you catch any of this AEW show afterwards? The only. Yeah, the only um mat the only match I saw I didn't see the whole match but I saw like pretty much most of the beginning with it of it was the Julia Hart Penelope Ford match. Yeah, that match didn't go as long, so um but anyways though, we had Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bononi of the Wingman. I don't know what the fuck this match was supposed to be. So here's the thing. I have to explain to people what the fuck wingmen are. Spoiler, people. These wingmen don't get no women. They're literally <laughs> angel garzas. In fact, they're generic angel garzas. They don't get any women. Cesar Bononi's married in real life. I know that for sure. Um, J.D. Drake, I believe, is married. Um, so that would mean Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemet are single men. But I don't get any bit of this gimmick. Because here's what happened. I thought at first that they were supposed to be beating the shit out of Orange Cassidy. And I was, I was like, okay, they're wingman, but they get insulted by a more better-looking guy to them. Okay. Simple, right? Wrong. These motherfuckers are spray-tanning spray Orange Cassidy. They're putting him in a coat. They're brushing his hair with a pink brush. And then I realized they aren't even wingmen for women. They actually want to flirt with Orange Cassidy and literally want to pucker him up. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I was like, what the hell is this? Like, literally, this is where I thought Tony Khan was half asleep. 
I was like, what the fuck kind of show is this? I said, I said, they're literally spray tanned Orange Cassidy. They're brushing his hair. And you hear Peter Avalon saying, you're going to look so beautiful. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, that's, that's creepy. You know what that makes them? That makes them, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be homophobic or nothing, but it makes them gay men that are literally stalking Orange Cassidy and trying to tape him up and make him into a beautiful man for them. That is creepy. They wanted to do stuff to Orange Cassidy that was probably disgusting. They probably wanted to do. They probably wanted to do stuff to Orange Cassidy. That was creepy as hell. Orange Cassidy even is getting his ass beat by Cesar Bononi in the ring, and then he gets like an upper hand, and then he realizes, why the hell am I in this coat? And literally, my hair is being like combed. So, oh my god, I, I didn't. I hate this match. Um, I will say Cesar Bononi really looked good though. He did look good. This was probably his best outing in AEW yet. He sold great. And Orange Cassidy won with the um, with the Superman punch, the beat break. Um, and then afterwards, Peter Avalon's crying because Cesar Bononi is um, like dead and not moving, even though Ryan Nemitz and J.D. Drake aren't moving. Um, I hated this match. I hated overbooked things. The only thing that was great about this match was I got to look at how beautiful Chris Statlander is as an alien. The rest of this, I did not give a fuck because they confused the shit out of me about what the fuck the wingman even want. Do they even want women or do they just want Orange Cassidy? Um, Blackheart, what did you think of this match? Because uh, just take it over for me for right now. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Well, I'm, I was more confused just as much as you are, especially with the whole playing dead to me to play dead knocked out. They have someone put on a fucking jacket and shit like that, telling tell me you're gonna look so beautiful. I would have woken the fuck up and elbowed you right in the mouth and would have, and then would have got up. And but that didn't even happen. So I'm like, why? Ugh. It, and what's and what's even worse about this match? And I hate this match. Was Tony Schiavone before the match even began said, "I don't understand the wingman." I'm like, you call all their matches on Dark Elevation. You still don't understand them? I said, your job is supposed to get me to even like these men. And and now on Monday, they got a match against Jungle Boy, which I'm 99% sure is going to be the same thing they did for Orange Cassidy in this match. They're going to – because because Orange Ca- because Jungle Boy does have beautiful hair, but you know they're going to do the same shit with his hair. You know, they're going to try to put it in a ponytail or some shit. And God, this, God, this match was just creepy as hell. Like, like, I thought the wingman's gimmick was they could not get women, so all four of them worked together to get a woman. Instead, I th- in, fact, in fact, after this match, I said, Angel Garza is more booked better than these men. He really is, because at least when Angel Garza doesn't get a woman, he still has this mystique about him. He still, he still can be, you know, that guy that, you know, can attract a woman because he has flowers and stuff, and he puts mm-hmm. a flower in a dude's ass whenever you talk shit about him. <laughs> these men, whenever you talk shit about them, want to give you a makeover. Like 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 you're like you're Tyra Banks in life size or some shit. That shit creepy as fuck. No, I'm sorry. I had a problem with this match because 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 the whole point last week was if you if if you don't take our makeover, we're gonna we're gonna break your face. I thought they were gonna give Orange Cassidy a black eye. Instead, they were trying to make this man into a Cupid doll. That is some creepy shit. They were making him into Ken from Barbie. They were making him into Ken from Barbie. No, nah, man, that's some weird shit. That man. <laughs> oh my god, man! Like, poor yeah. Orange can Cassidy. we just move on from this, man? Can we just move on from that? Because I got to say, I, 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 I will say, I will say, Chris Statlander looked beautiful as hell. 
Beautiful yeah, herself. this whole thing would have made sense if Chris Statliner was being if if it if it was Chris Statliner. You know, it didn't even make sense. She was out she was out there the whole time, and they couldn't have flirted with her. That's that's a woman. They gay. got all those women wrestlers at ringside. Like they couldn't flirt with any she of is them. Way gay. They, they, nope, they're gay stable. Gay. They, 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 they are. They are. They, they but are, hey, they are. I'll say they this. Are. I know. I know. Angel Garza isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'll, I'll say this though. At least he met Tori Wilson. I'll say that. And and he works better than all four of these men combined. No offense. Like, no offense. He actually does work better than all four of these men. Like, uh, I've never yeah. seen a bad Angel Garza match like this. So. Anyways, then next we got another half-drunk segment because Jungle Boy was about to be interviewed by Alex Marvez and then Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and MT Nakazawa showed up in a golf cart. They beeped it, wild as hell, very rude. Uh, Omega was without expensive clothes and championships. And then he said Jungle Boy embarrassed him last week. I don't know how that really happened. And then he gave Jungle Boy a chance to make up and he said, he said, Jungle Boy, he said, he said, he said, you look like you've never even been in a street fight. He said, you're too beautiful for that. Again, another segment where, where we're really complimenting the men. Okay, cool. Um, and then Kenny Omega said, I packed a picnic for this street fight. He said, on my left side is a knuckle sandwich, and on my right side is a knuckle sandwich for you, Jungle Boy. <sighs> so Jungle Boy is about to fight him, and Jungle Boy gives Alex Marvez his phone. He takes off his coat. He's about to put his damn hair in a ponytail. <laughs> it's a street fight. <laughs> Just punch the motherfucker. He had his hands behind his fucking back. I was like, what the fuck is this stupid shit? I was just like, I said, what the fuck is this stupid shit? So the next thing I know, MT Nakazawa hits him with a fucking laptop. And then Kenny Omega tries to get a hand on him. And then Jungle Boy fights him off. And then MT Nakazawa and Kenny Omega run away. Except Kenny pushes MT out the damn cart and says, you're on your own. And Kenny Omega said, your ass is mine next week, Jungle Boy. He said, just remember that. I didn't know what the fuck was wrong with this because I was just like, so so he prepped two knuckle sandwiches and then Jungle Boy didn't want to hit him because Jungle Boy wanted to put his hair in a ponytail. This is some ass backwards booking. Shouldn't Kenny Omega been the one that wanted to put his hair in a ponytail and shit? And Jungle Boy didn't even cut a fucking promo, so I don't even understand. Like, oh, told you he can't talk. I told you he didn't even cut a fucking promo with Jim Ross or some shit. Yeah, Jungle Jim Boy Ross is gonna somebody need some could have did a sit down interview with this motherfucker. I don't. I don't understand what their what their issue was. Poor Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy didn't deserve this either. I, I don't mean to call Jungle Boy a motherfucker. I like I like I actually like Jungle Boy. I actually like his dad from Nine Hundred. Yeah, Nine-0. but this was just some crappy booking by when you buy that. Oh, that, oh, there's some crappy booking for Tony Khan. This was not on Jungle Boy's part. This was definitely not his fault. Yeah. Then we had Matt Hardy in the Hardy family office. I don't even know why the fuck that's even called a, a, a stable. That's the stupidest stable I've ever heard. They were interviewed by Alex Marvez. So poor Alex Marvez is having to do like weird interviews all damn night and this was about christian cage hardy said christian cage violated his contract despite the fact matt hardy and christian don't even have no contract and last time i was checking team has tried to recruit christian so this so christian was about to attack matt hardy and them and literally you can hear ally yelling oh ally was there on the show last night dang it yeah the bunny was yeah but she was yelling and cheering in the background and you didn't know what the fuck she was yelling or cheering about. Because oh they literally locked Christian Cage 
into a like they locked him into like a boiler room basically. And then Matt Hardy says this man violated a contract, okay? And then slid a check for fifty thousand dollars into this boiler room cage that they locked, telling Christian to retire. And Christian said, "I don't want your money." Christian said he wanted to kick his ass. So I didn't understand this segment again because I'm like, this should be the easiest booking segment ever. They, they're two men that used to kill each other in ladder matches, and we want a ladder match to kill each other one more time. Instead, I have to have Matt Hardy hand him a $50,000 check, and Christian said, I don't want your fucking money. <laughs> oh, Blackheart, Blackheart, what was your thoughts on this stupid segment? Terrible. <laughs> Thank well, you. Why would you Christian in like a storm, I mean, in like a little storm suite, put a lock on it, and then show whatever a crappy check looks like, because I definitely did not look like a legitimate one anyway. Still, I don't want your fucking money, but then again, still gonna take the money anyway. <laughs> exactly, it's $50,000, and, and he left it in there. Like, cash that so, motherfucker. Like, yeah, like, so... I, I know Matt Hardy's so, good I, like for money. I know he's good for money, so it's not, it's not like yeah, Matt Hardy's broke. I, but, but, yeah. I don't think he kept the money. I know he definitely had to get that money, though. <laughs> I, know, I know he did, too, yeah. I better I better see next week Christian buy something extravagant with that money. I better see something and still whoop his ass because that's the whole point of being the babyface is like grabbing the money and then still doing something extravagant like buying like an expensive guitar of Jimi Hendrix and then smacking his ass with it. I'm smacking him right upside the head with it. That would be funny. I could mm-hmm. I could buy into that. I'd be like I'd be like okay, you took Matt Hardy's money and insulted him with it. Like now I'm really into this. But if I don't see that next week, then I'm done with this feud. Um. Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson, because Brock Anderson looks like he's 35 and not 25. Um, they defeated the factory QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. I didn't understand why QT and Aaron Solo had to lose this match, seeing Aaron Solo took the pinfall loss. I mean, Aaron Solo should technically be getting pushed. Uh, the match ended with Brock being hit with a step-up forearm before jackknifing Solo um, for the pinfall victory. Um... I didn't understand why why Brock Anderson needed to pin Aaron Solo. Shouldn't Aaron Solo pin Brock Anderson? Um, the match was all right. The match was all right. It was just a decent tag match. I I, I saw I I've been seeing decent tag matches on Fridays and just like eh. Um, Blackheart, did you have any thoughts on this match? Nope. I, exactly what you just said. Exactly how the fuck I thought. But it was just a bluff. I mean, it was there. There's a showcase of our son um, about what he can do. But as far as storyline goes, they're really progressing with this. Now I'm starting to feel like, ugh, this is getting sour. It really is. Um, I, I really want this South Beach strap match to take place next week, to be honest, because I don't even want to see QT really even be like in a Cody match no more. Because now they've already told me QT's going to lose this match anyway. So Then Lance Archer and Jake Roberts cut a promo. Jake Roberts, actually a, Jake, Jake Roberts actually cut a really great promo. He actually really did. And then Lance Archer yell, and then Jake said, I gotta go. Andrade El Idador, which means the idol in English, sat down with Jim Ross. Andrade said that he chose AEW because there are many stars, but he's a superstar. JR talked about championships in AEW, and Andrade said that they're his next step. He's working with Vicky Guerrero because she's experienced and she is a Guerrero and her husband was Eddie Guerrero. Good stuff right there. And he said that him and her have a surprise, but it's going to have to wait. So I actually liked it. Everything was simple. I really Selena Vega's coming. Boom. 
No, because she signed a WWE contract again. Did she really? Has it been what confirmed? I've, what I've heard, yep. From what I've heard from people. From what you heard, or is it supposed to confirm? I've heard from PW Insider, and I've heard from Fightful. Uh, give me one but more. But uh, I've never, but I've never heard Dave Meltzer mention it. I've heard Dave Meltzer say that she's in the Performance Center, but but anyways. but Still doesn't mean that she signed. I understand. I understand. Um, That's why I'm saying that. If it's not confirmed, then it's not valid. If... if if I if we don't get Selena Vega, Selena Del Renta will work even perfect. No offense. Hey, hey that, that, that would be a great pickup. Exactly. It would work. It would work. That would be a better pickup than Selena. How about that? Exactly. Then we had Hangman Page. Like I mentioned, he accepted Will Hobbs' challenge for next week or Powerhouse Hobbs, whichever one you want to call him. And then, of course, um, he said John Silver would be back soon. I I gave concern about that. And then he said Tim got the victory last week, and then they toasted Evil Uno and lifted him up, despite the fact Evil Uno lost his TNT championship match. Okay, and then and then, and the funniest part I liked about this thing, though, was when Hegman said, well, Five got a new jacket. It, it looks all right. <laughs> so four, five, five got buried on this. Um, then we have Penelope for Julia Hart. Julia Hart's a really beautiful woman. Really beautiful woman. She's from Bloomington, Minnesota, by the way. So a lot of people came from Minnesota. Of course, Larry the Axe Henning, Curtis Axel, um, Mr. Perfect, Brock Lesnar, the Road Warriors trained there, uh, Greg, um, Vern Gagne, etc. I could go on about my Minnesota um, history because I actually am very, very immersed in wrestling history in Minnesota. So um, Penelope Ford. Defeated her. This was actually a, a good match. It just didn't go long enough um, to me. Um, and Penelope Ford won with a beautiful Indian death lock. I mean, this was a beautiful bridge from Penelope Ford, but it had to have hurt Penelope Ford to put on that hole for like two minutes because that was tough. And poor Julia Hart, she 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 actually did really good in this match. Mm-hmm. The only thing I the only thing I don't like about Julia Hart, and, and this is actually nothing against her work, is she's wearing a cheerleader outfit. And yeah, usually, it's like she's cheerleader Liv Morgan. Exactly, exactly. And, and, like, it's actually a legit cheerleader outfit. So, so like, whenever she does a move, it's like men can literally look right up her rear, you know? It's just like, man, I'm like, I would just tell her to, like, change, like, the like the bottom of it and just, like, put on, like, some, like, shorts or something. But, but I mean, I liked it. I, I mean, I, I still, I still want to still look at Julia Hart. I mean, still a beautiful woman. I mean, shit. Penelope Ford, beautiful as fuck, too. Um... After the match, Miro came out and asked Penelope Ford. He said, "He said, where's Kip at?" And then he mocked um, Ford by telling the blondes to leave before attacking them. And then he and Pillman had a good scrap before officials broke that up. Um, so, so um, good stuff right there. Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel were backstage with Tony Schiavone. So Tony Schiavone is clear cut heel. He is clear cut a heel whenever he interviews Rebel and. Um, DMD Britt Baker. So Vicky Guerrero interrupted. She said it smells like cheeseburgers and um, sauce. And she's and she was not happy because she wants the championship around Nyla Rose's waist. And Britt Baker said, "Okay, Vicky, I'll give you the championship because you asked so nicely." And then and then Vicky Guerrero said, "You know what? Next week, Tony Khan owes me a favor. So it will be Britt Baker and Rebel taking on Rose and Vicky Guerrero in a." Tag team match next week, 
It better not go well, more now. than five minutes. It better not go more than five minutes. That's all I This is going to go 10 minutes once. No, my God. Just because you then, said that, watch. And then Britt Baker and Rebel and Tony Schiavone all laugh about this. So Tony <laughs> Schiavone is clearly a fucking heel. He clearly is a fucking heel that he hangs around well, Britt Baker and Rebel. I'm just like, what the hell? I'm like, he doesn't even pretend to even be like a heel. He doesn't even pretend. He just he personally just says like, oh well, they're just losers. Like we're the cool kids. Like man. <laughs> Tony Schiavone reminds me of like that dad that like be listening to all the new hip hop music and then yeah, be, like, doing, like, and then do be doing like tour, a pin right? drop or some shit. And he looks like so fucking uncomfortable and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like you hanging out with young women and shit, man. And you ain't even like right there. It, to me, I'm just like, oh, I, I hate this thing. I just like, oh, I hate this. Oh, uh, it was. Um, but good stuff from Vicky Guerrero's part. Um, that batch better not go ten minutes. So it better go five minutes. Yeah, it's um, gonna go ten minutes. <laughs> no, it better not. Trust so me. next week, Trust so me. next week's dynamite lineup is Britt Baker and Rebel taking on Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Uh, Miro takes on Brian Pillman Jr. Hangman versus Powerhouse Hobbs, and AEW World Champion Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for Wednesday on the thirtieth. That's where we're officially back to actual wrestling on Wednesday nights. Which hopefully, if there's no bad weather and everybody's um, available, we can actually do a post show um, live with AEW Dynamite. But that will be to come in a week or so from now. And that and the six thirty show has only been announced for one match: just MJF and Sammy Guevara for the June thirtieth. And then we had this beautiful video package of FTR and Santana and Ortiz, and this was really beautiful. FTR are Carolina boys. They told you that. Santana Ortiz said they grew up from the Bronx. Santana said that he watched his mother get beat up, and that turned him to the streets where he met Ortiz. FTR said that they respected Santana Ortiz. He said, he said but he said, at the same time, though, you guys never went without running water. You guys never lived in a car. You guys never had a window just as a curtain. And then Santana Ortiz came back with great points themselves. So I loved every bit about this. This, to me, their feud is going to be something amazing because I can actually relate to both sides of everything. I've actually dealt with a mom that's been in a abusive, uh, abusive relationship, and I can go from FTR's point of view too, and I, I can say I've been living in a car and I've lived on the streets and shit. So, so I actually agree with both of these, and I know they're going to have a great match. I know they're going to have a great match. Mm-hmm. So I, I loved every bit of it. Um, Jay Cargill and Mark Sterling. Uh, this this is like one two managers too many to me because and, and we had too many of these segments tonight. But this was actually pretty funny. I actually will give credit. Jay Cargill, um, Mark Sterling said that he announced that they have a sponsorship with Toronto Hotels Four Seasons. Cargill said that's where her opponents can save and she knocks them the hell out. And they have a discount code that is hashtag that bitch. Sterling said, I love it. It sells. And Jay Cargill said that. <laughs> Jay Cargill literally says, like, uh-uh. She said, said, we only get promotions from the only top elite. She said, I don't want to work with just nobody. And Mark Sterling said, well, you can see my client on Rampage and other <laughs> AEW programming because she's what? And then Jay Cargill said, that bitch. And Mark Sterling's like, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay Cargill oh, is a 
star. She, she is. She's a she fucking a, she's star. She's getting away from Mark Sterling, though. Why the hell? Mark I told Sterling? you, I'm a star. <laughs> I'm gonna have fun now making fun of Mark Sterling's voice. I know I'm am now because because when it comes to Mark Sterling and Indy Hartwell, I have their reactions down to the T, along with Beth Phoenix. I have their reactions down to a T for some reason. I don't know why I have those three like perfect. <laughs> like so, I, I like like whenever I do like an, a, a trailer for this show or an intro one day, I'm gonna like literally just copy Mark Sterling. I'm just gonna be like, "Hi, Mark Sterling here, telling you to watch this." Like, <laughs> so so yeah. Um. So then we had Aunt Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers take on Eddie Kingston, Penta, and Frankie Kazarian. John Don Callis joined commentary. Um, Nick Jackson was absent, but he did show up later in the match for the ending. Um, great match. The problem was the Clippers were winning on the other end, and the Clippers won the game. So, <laughs> so yeah, this I match, was already watching the game by so then. So this match, yeah, was it was great action. But I'll tell you this here. This show did 450,000 viewers. There's no question because no one was watching. No one, because trust me, trust me, I tell you, I don't care if you were dating Jay Cargill herself. There was no fucking way that your woman, if you were, because couples really watch AEW. Couples really watch AEW. From what Dave Meltzer has said on the Wrestling Observer radio, and, and especially they'll watch it on Fridays and Saturday nights. But if you're a couple, and you get home from the bar, you're not going to watch no AEW match at 11.45 of a six-man tag. You're going to go watch the Clippers, Paul George, and Terrence Mann kill it in the fourth quarter, beating Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. You are not going to watch this match. It's it's just obvious. It's just like, oh. So, but anyways, Kazarian broke up a magic killer. We got a parade of moves. Anderson and Penta left the ring. Penta hit a backstabber, went to the top rope, but Nick Jackson ran out and sprayed Penta with some aerosol. And Anderson hit a top rope stun gun for the victory. And the heel celebrated on the entranceway. And that was all for the AEW Dynamite show. So nothing really to go into details on that six-man tag. It, it, if you liked all the high-spot moves of every Young Bucks match and everything and the Good Brothers and Penta and company, then you, this was the match for you. If you were talking about the Clippers Jazz, we've already gotten into that, and the Clippers Jazz were more entertaining than that six-man to me. NHL games tonight. Uh, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Islanders at 8 o'clock. The Islanders are 2-1. and one. Well, sorry, the Lightning are 2-1. and one. They beat the Islanders last game 2-1. And we had the Canadians, which me, Blackheart, and Tavon were all right about. We all said the Canadians were going to beat the Golden Knights in Game 3. So Game 4, I've got Golden Knights. Game 4, Golden Knights are going to beat the Canadians. And I've got the Lightning tonight over the Islanders. Who you guys got? Islanders and Canadians. Uh, Tavon? Mm, Lightning and Canadians. Lightning Canadians are so the Lightning uh, Islanders game is 8 p.m. tonight. If you guys want to check it out, and tomorrow at 8 p.m. is the Golden Knights Canadians for the Euro stuff going on today. There was a huge upset um, that happened today. Let me check and see. Check and see what happened here. Just refreshing the thing on Google. Uh, uh, I know that today it was Germany that beat Portugal four to two. 
And Spain-Poland ended in a tie at 1-1. So, sorry, Ash, about the tie. Um, I know Ash is no longer here with us right now. But um, Ash's Spain, by the way, is two draws. And they are third right now in Group E. So, and also for the for the victory for the um, for Portugal, Portugal's um, loss, you know, now has put Germany, France, and Portugal all in a three-way tie for Group F. So I don't even know who's going to make it out of Group F. I did say though, who is going to win this Euro Cup? I said it's still going to be Italy, and Italy is number one. So Italy is still number one in their Group A with two wins. So, but. Definitely, though, some stuff right there. Oh, man. Man, that man, we've gotten into about over three hours of everything here. Um, shout out to um, everybody. What you call it? But now, anybody's got anything else to add before we get into our closing moments? Tavon, Blackheart, you got anything to add for the closing moments? Go watch that dark side of the ring. China, go watch it. Definitely. I Bye definitely you. would agree. I definitely agree. I've got, I got to actually see that. I'm actually going to watch that after I get off here because I need to eat too because I'm not eating all day. Um, Tavon, you got any um, thoughts before we get into our closing moments of the night? Um, Not not much, but I'll, I'll just – yeah, you know what? I might just catch some dark side of the wing if I can. Yeah. Well – as you all know, if there's no weather inclements tomorrow night, Tavon, I hope you'll be with us. But Blackheart and myself will be back for the Hell in a Cell post-show, barring no bad weather. So, Tavon, if you are available, you're going to come and watch um, – you're going to come talk about Hell in a Cell post-show? Yeah. All right. Well, now we can officially get into um, the 200 moment of the night. It's sponsored by Miller Lite. Miller Lite. It's got one more calorie than Milk Ultra, and it has better taste. So why not just drink something that tastes better and only has one more calorie? Also, please drink responsibly because we don't want no bad drunk drivers. So before we get into it, we're going to get our song of the day. It's No Hands. It was Roscoe Dash and Waka Flocka playing with Wale. So let's get some music playing before we get into our 200 moment of the night to kick it off. All right, Tavon, kick off the 200 moment of the night sponsored by Miller Lite. Okay, 200 moment of the night. <laughs> um, man. You know, I'm just going to say, I'm, I might just, just watch some Dark of the Wing. <laughs> Dark of the Ring? Dark of the Ring? Dark of the Ring? Dark of the Ring, I'm sorry. Dark Side of the Ring? Dark dark Side of the Ring, <laughs> right. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, you're oh, good, man. You're good, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, the moment of the day was definitely between the culture class between me and Z over here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this episode, you might actually get some people kind of going to be divided. So, let's just bring South to see who's on whose side. I will agree. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to, like, get any, like, comments to, like, after the weekend stuff because this was a three-hour show. And I doubt a lot of people are going to listen to a three-hour show. Like, for example, like, like my mom's just not listening to no three-hour shows. Like, she, she actually might, though, because she does clean buildings and – 
you know, you know, it would be something that she could listen to, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely though, I will say she will agree with me on the One Tree Hill part though. She will agree with me on that. So, 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 so y'all, so y'all definitely wrong about that. But we will be doing a special show, people, on the yeah, hip hop and culture shows. It's gonna be called Hip Hop and Culture Shows. We're gonna get into all of that because because I'm a bust. Blackheart's ass. I'm yeah, right. his ass in a versus. I'm going to mop the floor with you in there. I'm going to mop the floor with you with your dress on top of it. How about that? Oh my I'm god! A, I'm going to use you as a Jaren as a Jaren uses mop. Oh no, nah, man. Oh well. Anyways, so my 200 moment of the night goes to actually Terrence Man. I'm going to give him his just desserts, Terrence Man. Congratulations on having your best playoff game. Well, it is. Congratulations on beating the Jazz. And congratulations on, you know, proving, you know, you know, Terrence Mann is a huge Rajon Rondo fan. He carries around a Rajon Rondo rookie card of his of him in a Kentucky Wildcats jersey in his wallet. And to make his hero Rajon Rondo proud, I actually don't have no problem with that. So Terrence Mann is definitely my 200 moment of the night. Uh, tomorrow night, I'll give a special 200 moment of the night um, somewhere else. But that's all for that show. So we're going to close out the show with some more No Hands, Roscoe Dash, and Waka Flocka Flame featuring Wale. Does anybody got a problem with this? No. Uh-uh. All right. All right. <laughs> Tomorrow, I will spoil it. Tomorrow, we are going to have a DMX song open, sponsor the show, and we will have one different closing song. So, we will have, so spoiler, we are going to have a DMX song that opens and a different song to close 200 tomorrow night. But that's all for keeping it 200 episode 28. I want to thank Tavon Jameson. I want to thank Blackheart. Y'all make sure to show him some love on Off the Top Rope podcast because he definitely needs a brand new pair of shoes because that shaky pair of shoes that he's been wearing is the same ones when he was a Nas fan 15 years ago. <laughs> nah, homie. <laughs> Stecky, by the time when that happened, I, I would have already grown. I would have already grown seven sizes above that. So, you're well, late, 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 lady, but, lady, lady, lady. Well, I'm going to actually shout out to the White Snow Bunny Angels. Ladies, if he insulted your show, One Tree Hill, I apologize. If he insulted High School Wait, Music, Shout out to the wonderful women out there. Y'all know who the fuck y'all are. Y'all know when we name those fucking movies and stuff like that. Y'all know what the big time it is. So talk about that process. I will say, though, that... that I am so sorry for the for the women that were offended by Mr. Blackheart's comments saying that saying that saying saying saying, 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 saying that, that was not I can't believe you. I can't believe some of them are going to be offended to half the shit that you said. You, the the whip the, the women. I, I will say I will say this here. I, no. I'm gonna get some niggas in this. I'm gonna get some niggas in these comments saying saying that saying this here saying Anthony Amber Theus was the most beautiful woman on Saved by the Bell. It was definitely not no Danielle Fishner. She was second. She was second. Yeah. I remember. I don't that. know. But I don't anyway, know. So, we'll find but out. Anyway, so, but anyway, so that's all for keeping it 200. 
episode 28. Thank you, Tavon. Thank you, Blackheart. Thank you, Ash. And thank you, Trey, for all coming in tonight. And we had a great show. We talked about hip-hop. We talked about WWE. We talked about AEW. We talked about NBA. So if you so if you didn't like any sports, we gave you hip-hop and shit. We turned this show into Kevin Samuels meets Dr. Umar meets Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. That's how we turned it into the show. But anyway, so that's all for Keeping 200. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Peace, guys. Peace. Peace. See y'all.